Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Jack. It's their West Point. How close is it to the house? About a mile. 4,221 feet. It's closer to eight-tenths of a mile. Who are you? I'm the motherfucker that podcasted this place, sir. <laughs> You're an idiot is what you are. I am. That is true. Hello, everybody. My name is Griffin Newman. Yeah. Uh, I'm David Sims. This is a podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and David. We mm. are hashtag the two friends. We are two friends who do a podcast, and that's a competitive advantage because no one else can say that about their podcast. Don't you dare deny it. I won't. <laughs> Uh, this is a podcast about filmographies, directors who have had massive success early on in their careers and were granted a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they wanted. Sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce. Motherfucker. Your a- iPad opened Twitter during your whole spiel. It took that long. Yeah. <laughs> My iPad is moving slowly. <laughs> Seriously. It's got a real Gandolfini kind of gait to it. It's breathing <laughs> That's heavily. Yeah, your iPod taking its time. Opens Twitter like Gandolfini taking a seat. Yeah, hold on, I'm getting the app. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. Very That's bad. bad. I thought That's it was bad. fantastic. Brett, oh, thank you. Brett Gilman does a good Gandolfini. That's the only one I can think. I feel like other people can do Gandolfini. I feel like I've heard, I've heard good Gandolfinis. It's kind yeah. of high pitched though. You got to go like it's like Casey Affleck but three hundred more pounds. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's like it's a very specific thing. Yeah. We've already talked. I made the joke when we did our Interstellar episode, but I still can't get over how in Interstellar the the boy goes up five octaves. Yeah, there's the when cut he ages. when you're seeing like the aging like, yeah, the videos yeah. that. Hey, Dad, how you doing? I got a B in chemistry or whatever. <laughs> hey, Dad, it's me. I'm 28 now. I'm, I'm Casey. Hey, how's it going? Oh, farming's hard. It's like crazy. He's not coming back, Murph. <laughs> Murph, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. And also, that Topher Grace isn't in it at all. I think he's in it. I always I always remember that he's in it because it struck out to me so much in the movie that he was in it for such a little time that I was like, just don't have him. And there's yeah. I believe there's no actual like introduction. She's just sort of walking down a hallway and he's like, oh, hey, I got this yeah. uh, file for you or whatever. Well, and you're like, it's Topher Grace. Did Jessica, he just like wander yeah, on set? Yes. I saw you guys talking about Interstellar the other day on Twitter and I, I decided to check out the trailer again because I was like, I think I need to revisit this movie because I, I undervalued it the first time around. But in watching the trailer, I was like, is that? Is that David? <laughs> well, I saw Topher Grace, but then I was like, is that David O'Yellow? Yeah. Too? David O'Yellow, yeah, man. Yeah. He's got one one Stacked scene. Cast. Yeah. Very yeah. He's a high school principal. Uh in he, the apocalypse. He is he is indeed. Um uh, very concerned about textbooks. Matthew McConaughey has a whole like joke about his ass that he delivers, where he's like, it takes two numbers to measure your ass. Right. And only one to measure my son. It's like this very Christopher Nolan complicated joke. Which was actually just that was pre-roll. <laughs> when they were blocking, he just started describing the kind of just ass. like, I'm gonna come right at this guy. No, I was gonna say you are you ready? Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm not interrupting your joke. No, I it wasn't I'm just kinda glad you did because I started doing a McConaughey and then I was like, Oh, nah, can you I do can't. it? I was just going to be like, no, and I got a great joke about a yellow's ass if you want to roll on this one. But that's not. It's not bad. It was relaxed. It's pretty it was, good. It was very real. That's I the think problem. that's the key I to a high. The only yeah. thing I can do is I can say MRI. But like you kill it. And then. MRI. My wife's MRI. They had a machine called an MRI. Every, every Nolan movie has a thing about like someone's wife. Yeah, it, 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 it's gotta, true. There's a lot of dead it, women. It very yeah. true. Um. Well, here's how's this for smooth transition. Mm. Why was Topher Grace in Interstellar? 
because Jessica Chastain read the script and she said, if I'm kissing someone on screen, it's got to be Topher Grace. Give me that venom, baby. Or I quit. And Jessica Chastain <laughs> oh, is the star of the movie that we're discussing today. The that's movie. Right. What's <laughs> movie? What's that? Was Gandalfini's back? I was going to say, yeah. that's my Gandalfini. Uh, movie. <laughs> uh, this is a miniseries about the films of Catherine Bigelow. That's right. And it is called. Oh, that's why you were loading Twitter. Pod 19, The Widowcaster. Damn right it is. Ooh. Now, at the time you listen to this episode, we will be almost near the end of our miniseries. That's true. But we are recording this as the first episode of our miniseries. Yeah. The results are just in on our incredible miniseries name poll. It was, it was between that and what was it? What was the other option? Zero Podcasty? Yeah. Zero I mean, that's Podcasty. Fine. Which, that's is, fine. which is the film that we're talking about today. Now, the reason we're doing this Wait, episode Wait, no first, one said point cast? We like to have pod and cast okay. in the title. I, I, you okay. gotta, you know, because it's a podcast. Well, what about podcast? <laughs> you have right. to say it out loud. To get... A lot of people suggested instead of the Hurt Locker, the podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our fans are very creative and original. Pod yeah. Detroit cast. Yeah. They're good. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, that'd really land smooth. I think so. Uh, Welcome to Podroit cast. <laughs> Uh, we, have a, we have a great guest today mm-hmm. who's already landed like five great jokes, which is what we love. We love it when our guests talk before we introduce them. But we I do. said seven jokes. <laughs> and he landed five great ones. He has been marking them off under yeah. the table. There's notches. This table is destroyed now. I'm interrupting my own introduction. <laughs> no, no, but we see sometimes we talk for a while and our guest is sitting there silently and we kind of go like, no, nah, you know, come we on. We like to get him in there. You don't have to do that with me. I'm you, here to interrupt. You you're pro. You're pro because you're a podcaster yourself. That is true. Uh, host of, of Gilmore Guy. Correct. TV writer. Yes. Written for At Midnight in the Good Place. Mm-hmm. Where you well, I didn't right write now? for At Midnight, okay, but I worked on Midnight. At Midnight. And then where, is, there, is there a project you can say that you're working on right now? I, the Secret thing is, TV I just project? finished Secret working stuff. on a, a TV show, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. Great. Which sounds like such now. bullshit. Now, oh, that's true. In the future, maybe I will be allowed to say at least that it was a show on Freeform. That means nothing to a lot of people. ABC okay. Family. Okay. Formerly ABC Family, yeah. currently a different name. Now, what if... Sorry, I don't mean to bring up the, the ghost of ABC Family. It's How just, dare you? Yes. What if We're by the time this it. podcast comes out, Freeform has changed their name again? <laughs> I... Well, then no one will know what I'm talking about. That's fine. Because it was originally Fox Family. It was Fox Family. And that was what had ABC Freaks and Geeks. Family. Right, yeah. right. And then uh, it was ABC <laughs> Family. I used to watch a show on ABC Family. That's all I got for you. Yeah, that was it for me. That was it. Uh, Demi Dijewebe is here. Hello. Did I say? Did I? You did. Everyone, everyone is always concerned about saying my last name wrong, but then most people get it right. Hey, it is pretty phonetic. Yeah, I think it's just one of those names where you second guess yourself. Sure, people get in their head. Yeah, and you're Griffin Newman. I'm Griffin Newman, which uh, you'd be surprised how often people mess up my name. Really? People spell Griffin wrong. They give Uh, you an e there. I've seen that. And people call me Griffith a lot. It's weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's a weird move. That's a less lot. A, that's not a name. Yeah. I feel like anytime I start a new job, I have to spend the first five days correcting people. You ever just like, I'm going to go by Griff? I try to. Mm. I seriously try to, to avoid that. And people still think, I got this. Hold on one second. <laughs> uh, Griffith, walking the set. Because you're like hearing, it's like PAs who are like walking and they keep on saying your name over and over again. I just want to be like, uh, Griffith, uh, new boy. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He is a brand new boy. I'm look a new at, boy. Look at his shining face. Yeah. I haven't shaved for weeks. I look yeah, yeah, like, you look like trash. I look like a homeless computer hacker. 
I, I look maybe more is, rundown than I've looked in years. Did you say that on stage? Because that's the kind of self-deprecating stand-up joke that I would see at an open mic. Yes. I look like yes, a homeless yes, computer that's, hacker. That's one of my, uh, I don't want to brag, but that joke has gotten upwards of three laughs at an open <laughs> mic. That's a closer. That's the one that you uh, mime yeah. yourself yeah. hitting a home run right. to. Mm-hmm. Right. Because most comedians, <laughs> the hack thing is you get up and you start out by going like, I know what you're thinking. This guy looks like, and you do that bit right up at right. the top. But I go, you got to close with that. <laughs> you start out with hard-hitting political material, and then I go, and I know what you thought. <laughs> this guy looks like time. a homeless computer hacker. Thank you very much, everybody. I'm Griffith Newboy. if you predict their their mindset for the last five minutes, it's like a magic trick. They're like, whoa, that was what I thought, and they right. have to clap. Hey, can I pitch a tag to Please. You for you? Uh, so you're wearing a hat. I am wearing a hat. After you do that joke, then what you reveal is you've been wearing two hats the whole time. Ooh. There's a smaller yeah, hat that's real Mr. Robot hat. So, yeah. You can and take it's also that. hat in a hat. You know, hat on a hat. It's One a of Griffin's term. favorite phrases. I use it all the time. Like a pun on cat in the hat, or just it's like joke on a joke. Yeah, you know, it's like you're overriding a hat in a hat. Right, but but, but it also works as like a cat in the hat kind of kind of thing. Thing is, what's the second hat? I think the second hat should be something that's just like you've been grift on it, <laughs> <laughs> and then you reveal it, and people are just like, "Whoa, okay, I've been grift." <laughs> God, uh, can I can I go like total sidebar? I know where you are. <laughs> are we? Can you go further? Wait, was this main podcast? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going. Further you, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Rick Baker was the makeup hired, artist, right? Was hired to do the makeup for Cat in the Hat, and they fired him like six weeks before production. A Bo Welch film, right? They said his design was too disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't we talked about this? And then, Maybe just off. Mind. Wait, so the thing they went with was the less disturbing, option? which is so upsetting. The design yeah. in the movie is so upsetting. Very weird a movie. looks nothing like the Seuss drawings. No, and B is really fucking creepy. Yeah, and I like. At least twice a year, I go, fuck, let me give it another shot. And I go on to Google and see if anyone's leaked out images of the Rick Baker design. Because uh, those things will come out where it's like, yeah. oh, here's Nicolas Cage's Superman costume. Yeah, 12 right. years later, it's on the internet. But we it's gotta, never. I wish I could see fucking Rick Baker's cat in the hat design. We got to wait for Mike Myers to become like a serious actor. And then all of that shit. Right. Will. Yeah. So the right. gong show has to go for four more years. Yeah. And then he's finally going to start his comeback. I mean, what's what's Mikey up I to? I think we got to get uh, Fincher on Love Guru 2. <laughs> Give it the spin that it needs to take the franchise seriously. And have people go like, yeah, all right. Well, this uh, is, I'm in. This is <laughs> like, yeah. Paramount went to Fincher and they said, look, we got all these franchises. They that gave we him a big two. So right? perfect. Like, and they were like, just stick it next to whatever title you, you like. You want one. Yeah. Yeah. They said, <laughs> Monster Trucks 2, Meet Creech again. Three <laughs> Meet Creech. Creech is just hanging out. I tried to watch a Monster Creech Trucks family Christmas. on a plane. Mm-hmm. And I you were was, finally ready to meet. Chris. I was finally ready. I, I, I've had a, you know, a very emotionally and psychologically taxing year, right? I've yeah. had a year that demanded a lot of me and I just kept on going, I don't know if I'm ready to meet Creech. It's the no. same thing where like, I'm not ready to watch Handmaid's Tale because I just feel psychologically fragile. Totally sure. good comparison. And I'm not ready to meet Creech. Yeah, because monster he's, truck, he's a lot of monster. Tale. Yeah. He's a lot of truck, mm-hmm. right? Well, women are the Creech of Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Which is... A great phrase now that I'm going to get tattooed on my right. forehead. Or you could say that Creech is the women of monster trucks. <laughs> I think you should do it on both palms. So it should be women are the Creech of the handmaid's tail. Like it could so be a one, two. If yeah. I'm ever feeling like, well, I don't want to freak people out. I can just hold up the, the handmaid's tail. <laughs> well, I agree. Yes. Very good. Keep the yeah, women are the Creech of behind my back. Yeah. Um, I tried to watch it and I, I was just so bored. Yeah, sure. it's just kind of whatever. Yeah. Like I was ready for it to be really bizarre. 
Right. Isn't it essentially like it's just an alien comes and lives in a monster truck, but they call the movie monster trucks. Yeah. He, he lives in a, a pickup truck that then becomes a monster truck. Yeah. Because Havoc. he's a monster. And oh, that, that's it. It's. I feel like they should have just called it Meat Creech. They should have called it Meat Creech. I think it was just there was this one gif of him sliding out of the truck and like into Havoc's arms and sort of enveloping yeah. him. And people were like, wait, is this movie like a weird monster sex, like squid movie? Is that what this is? If so, you got to be up front with that. Yeah, you exactly. can't spend a hundred million dollars on subtlety. Yeah, you got to say January 17th, fuck Creech. <laughs> That's got to be your tagline. That was the movie that Paramount took like a hundred fifty million dollar bath on, right? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. But like three months before it came out, before they were like, we're out, taking a hundred fifty million dollar write down on a mystery movie. <laughs> and it, it came out like three years after it was shot because yeah. much like the Rick Baker Cat in the Hat, they screened it and kids were terrified by the design of Creech. Oh, and God. they had to start over mm. and reanimate and all the monsters. That's so shit. dumb. I feel like if kids are terrified by the design of Screech, then just like <laughs> reshoot. That was the problem. They had Dustin Diamond. The first draft was Dustin Diamond is in the truck. Well, I, I don't understand. I understand why that's a little freaky. <laughs> kids. They all saw the tape. Right. But I mean, they didn't was put him in the Sanchez truck. They the just truck. opened the truck and he was there. He was yeah. living in it. And they were like, ah. And they're like, all right, we got to cut that one scene in. It's going to cost us $100 million. <laughs> Diamond's contract is foolproof. <laughs> Isn't Diamond in jail now for stabbing a guy? Yeah. He definitely attacks someone. Is yeah. he in jail? Well, I saw. I'm, I'm Googling. I saw a tape where he daggered someone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it had to. Be. I mean, I was wondering who was going to go there. Ten Yay! comedy points. Yeah. Um, uh, no, Monster Trucks is just kind yeah, of boring. In, he's it's, out of jail now. It's weirdly, oh no, he's back in jail. Oh, he's he back violated in jail. his probation. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it was a oh, roller coaster's Wikipedia page. Uh, it's weirdly like an environmental parable because sure. it's about they find Creech when they're drilling for oil. They're fracking. And then they find Creech. Oh, okay. So you're saying they do kind of fuck Creech. <laughs> they, do. they at least frack him. Wait. So they were they were like, we want to really make sure this appeals to the kids, but we are going to introduce it with a plot line about fracking. Yeah. Well, Mark Ruffalo is a producer, and he just, that's in his contract. He's like, there's got to be an anti-fracking thing in this one. And they were like, all right, man. All right. Uh, this is a podcast about Zero Dark Thirty, obviously. <laughs> sure. Uh, the movie Zero Dark Thirty, a film about the assassination of Osama Bin Laden. Also known as Meet Osama. <laughs> That was the tagline <laughs> on January 15th. Yeah, get Me ready. Uh, great, great. We're professionals. Yeah, but this isn't the kind of movie that, you know, uh, is like serious or anything, like digs into any kind of weighty issues. No, it's a romp. Yeah, it's a real romp. A I think romp. so. Yeah. It's a two hour, 37 minute romp. Right, and that's why John McCain protested this movie because he right. said, too frivolous. Wait, did he really protest <laughs> Too much fun. He said yes, that he it did. was uh, evil. A bunch of the U.S. Senate got together and protested this movie, along with several liberal members of the Academy, like Ed Asner was, and Martin yeah. Sheen. We're going to dig way into that, man, all that I shit, just, man. I feel weird where I kind of feel like I'm on a sort of similar ground as You're John McCain. Wow. Wow. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. This is like Catherine Bigelow's most traditional blank check movie, even though well, no, Strange, Strange Days fits Days into the, the blank check template. Yeah. But this is the movie where she's won Best Picture. Well, right. She's she got, has right. the blank check. Yeah, that's what you're saying. And she's like, I'm going to do a movie about us not killing bin Laden. And right. then she's ready to go. And then she's like, actually, sorry, let me get that back. I'm going to do a movie about how we kill bin Laden because <laughs> right. we just killed him. But, so, but they had like that? announced it. Her and Mark Cole were like, here's our thing. Anna Perner acquired it. 
And this th- that all happened like shortly after they started casting it, and then like six weeks after the movie was announced, we got Bin Laden. Wait, oh, so that wasn't a jo- oh wow? I'm not yeah, joking. Truly, I, I truly thought crazy? it was like yeah. when they killed Bin Laden, they like fast tracked the movie into production, which they did. But, but they it rewrote was, they rewrote K-Pol. their That's, whole movie. Wow, because yeah. they were going to do this movie about how we almost got him in Tora Bora, yes. like right. After right at the start of the it was going to be like War. the Zodiac of looking for Osama <laughs> bin Laden. Fuck, that's and a- John Carroll Lynch was going to play him. Yes, he was yeah. going to play bin Laden. Yeah, well, I, probably bin Laden, but it's yeah, a little unclear. Okay, yeah, someone sees him in an airport bathroom and is like, <laughs> he's got the same watch as bin like, Laden. Right. <laughs> that is a movie I would actually, I think I would enjoy a little bit more. Zodiac? No, <laughs> yes, just Zodiac. <laughs> oh, just, oh, right, the movie about not getting bin Laden. Yeah. Uh, rather than the movie about how we uh, shot him. But hey, look, they did have the problem of, right, they're going to make this movie. They're ready to go on this movie. Now they can't make the movie. Right. And Mark Bull is like, look, I'll just rewrite 95% of it. It'll be fine. We'll we'll, we'll make Zero Dark Thirty instead. And he, according to INV Trivia, did not get any additional compensation for rewriting the script, even though he essentially wrote a whole new start over from from scratch. Uh, Rooney Mara was originally announced as playing the Jessica Chastain role, which I think was originally not the main character. Sure. Sort of a character in an ensemble. Right. And Joel Edgerton was going to play the Jason Clark character. Yes, that I knew. They swapped them. That yes. seems pretty interchangeable because those two guys look too similar. To they me. look weirdly similar. Yeah, I don't think you should have them in the same movie. I, well, it's almost weird when Edgerton shows up and doesn't do much. It's also very yeah. weird when, well, because apparently he dropped out because he had a scheduling issue, but then he could take the smaller role. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're both craggy rock men. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They both got mountain faces. Yeah. They both got big old foreheads you could like plant a camp on they or both whatever. probably played orcs and something. <laughs> they, I mean, Edgerton, it, right. Edgerton Ray is going to be a yeah. orc cop. Right. Yeah. Uh, a twisted orc cop. Twisted. That will have come out by the time. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm pretty sure that Bright is a Christmas release, which yeah. seems weird. Just the idea of people being like, come on, gather around the couch and <laughs> let's hang with Will Smith and orcs. But that Edger, is- Edger Torque. Edger, Edger Torque. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Let's not ever talk about it. It looks again. like a cross generational movie, though. That's a four really quadrant does. populist. Kind you got of. the grandmothers who love Will Smith. You got the kids who love Will Smith. You got the, <laughs> the parents who love Will Smith. You got the weird guys on Twitter who love Max Landis. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just that's like 1% of Netflix's yeah. pie chart. And they're hey, like, we need to get that pie. <laughs> I'm up to my knees with those guys. You know what I'm saying? God. Yes, you know what I'm unfortunately, saying? I do. Then crash the podcast. Unfortunately, crash the podcast. Crash the podcast. Uh, the podcast is collapsing. Well, here's my prediction for December. Bright is not going to be good, mm. and I'm going to be bummed about it. It's on the record. Yeah. yeah. I love um, how David Ayer, when he was like promoting Suicide Squad, was like, fuck Marvel and their baby shit. This is the real shit. DC. Mm-hmm. And then now that he's promoting Bright, he's like, fuck DC and their baby <laughs> shit. This is the real shit. R-rated Netflix orc movies. <laughs> he's just gonna be like on Crackle next. Like, <laughs> just be like hardcore porn starring himself. It's like, fuck Netflix, man. But he was like this like gritty LA cop drama guy yeah, who yeah. now is getting into like fantasy genre stuff. It keeps on going like, but not like that dumb shit that dorks <laughs> like. <laughs> and he, he just... Everything he does, he's like, all right, but it's cops too, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we want you to direct a fantasy movie, but can, cops? Can, can it be about the LAPD though? Yeah. yeah like, Michael Payne is in it. Come on. <laughs> Come on. He owes me a favor. He'll do anything. <laughs> all right. Uh, so this is a podcast about the movie Zero Dark 30. Zero Dark 30. 
Directed by David Ayer. Directed, directed by, by David, David Ayer. Oh, I'm glad he didn't direct this one. <laughs> it would just be like, he'd just be like, all right, what if Osama was Hispanic? <laughs> <laughs> and had a gold AK. Remember that, that yeah. gold? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. do. Was that in? End of Watch. Oh. End of Watch. All right. Yeah. The Watch ended then. I don't know. Griffin, get me out of this. Stop just looking at me like that. End of Watch. I wish I never saw the beginning of Watch. Okay, that's a good one. That is a very good one. Thank you, Devin. <sighs> All right. Beginning of The Watch. Different mm-hmm. movie. Yes. Oh. Also didn't like. No, let's not talk about that one. All right. No, I mean, we can. But... Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> Do you think it would be a better movie if you watched the first half of The Watch and then watched the <laughs> end, end, of watch. end of Watch? <laughs> Maybe, but you just be like, oh, Richard Ayrday is Jake Gyllenhaal now. <laughs> that's like the worst rep programming ever, like. Uh, someone gives me a weekend at the Metrograph, and I'm like, "All right, guys, <laughs> you gotta stay. You gotta stay. We're gonna we're just back to back." The series is called Davies Mixups. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little Davy Sims. It's oh, like boy. you're a DJ for movies. It's like this one doesn't go into this one, but we're changing the mood. Listen, listen the the watch. Get it? Just right. crossfading between the movies. Yeah. Uh, live by Knights of Rodanthe. <laughs> This is just yeah. This is great. This is it's great. I don't want to talk about Abu Faraj Alibi either. I just should read we, that name off my computer. Okay. Should we just make more mix mugs like <laughs> I robots? Oh, I get it. Thank you. So like the little Ewan McGregor Tinker Toy Man, yeah. he's the one who's like trying to kill everyone. He's like ripping people's faces off. I think you're talking about with nail and I robots, right? Oh, Which is right. when wow. the it's Ewan McGregor movies. robot is drinking with Richard E. Grant. Uh-huh. Will Smith is trying to catch both of them. <laughs> As he should. <laughs> they need to be brought to justice. Scoundrels. Uh, remember I, I Robot. Remember those converses? Well, he did not murder him. He, I did not murder him. He, he did, says. though, right? He did. I think so. He yeah. hardcore did. He <laughs> Which hardcore seems did. like a, I hate that. Just because when they mark the movies, like, I did not murder him. I'm going into be like, ooh, I want to see that. I want you to prove yeah, that prove he didn't. He, he's cool. I he's like this good. guy. I like this guy. He's yeah. 3D. He's 3D. He's all white. <laughs> it's 2004. This is the future. Yeah. Fuck it. Show me. It's good. Um, That's a good movie. That's an underrated movie. I robot. We should do Proyas. Yeah. I just watched The Crow, which I had never seen. Dark City, too. Right? Dark yeah. City, which is like a major influence on like a lot of better movies. Yeah. It sucks that that came out like just before The Matrix. I know. <laughs> He also made Gods of Egypt. He did, which is uh, oh. this is quite a movie. Was that, did he make something between that? He and made that robot? Knowing, where uh, uh, oh, Nicholas Cage whoa. predicts uh, the apocalypse. That, that's his son a fun good filmography. And there's another. Isn't there another one in there? Uh, he made uh, what, what's it called? Garage Days. He made that like Australian indie movie about yeah. the, the rock band. Yeah, mm. that's not what I was thinking of. But you're right. Yeah, that's it. That's his whole thing. Yeah, weird. Weird. Uh, the Crow's wild. Have you seen The Crow? Yes, yeah, a wild movie. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty is pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, right. So this is a podcast out. about the movie Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, we're clearly excited to talk about it. It's just a, yeah, I don't know. I really like this movie. It's hard to talk about. And here's here's a big thought I want to throw out right up top, mm-hmm. right up top. Forty minutes into this episode, mm-hmm. now that we're finally trying to talk about, then this just movie. nodded sadly. Right, yep. Zero Dark Forty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so there was this weird like. Uh, I feel like all of America collectively, regardless of where you stood politically, we all in the wake of 9-11 were like, we got to catch this fucking guy. Yeah. Sure, there was, yeah, that brief moment of uh, national unity. Right. We all held it, hands in kumbaya. Around. Exactly. Right. 9-12, the 9-12 spirit, we <laughs> right. all remember so well. Right. 
But I think even like 10 years later, people were like, fuck, it just feels unfulfilled. Like this feels like narratively like America's to-do list. Yeah. And we right. just, hey, it was just sitting at the top there. And it was this like massive thing. She starts developing this movie about like how about that. close we came. And it was right. going to be about, I assume, more the frustration of not being able to pin him down. And then they catch him. They rewrite the whole movie and they make this movie that feels weirdly cathartic when it comes out. It's not an Ura movie, but it's a movie about that frustration, that struggle to get there. And everyone could kind of map onto themselves like, right, it was weird for like a decade when we were just living with knowing that this guy was out there. Yeah. And the movie, to its credit, doesn't do a lot of like well, that's her thing. table setting. Sure. Yeah. Right? But I was watching this and thinking to myself, like, will this movie mean anything? to like like my kid whatever right like someone a you know, yeah. decade right. from now whatever. if you don't have the table setting of like we all were kind of weirdly invested in this thing do you guys remember where you were when they announced that yes you, yeah i do too vividly I, yeah. I, I was just at home but i just remember the like half hour on twitter where no one in the world knew what the fuck was going on right. for tw- like remember half an how hour. the rock revealed yep. it yes <laughs> which was how did he know it again he had like a cousin that was a navy seal yes, just imagine that's it. imagine being on seal team 6 and be like holy shit i got to tell I gotta, someone i got to call Dwayne, man <laughs> i got to fucking text Dwayne. he's going to be oh no let's tell obama <laughs> yeah but also he tweeted like you guys might want to watch the tv tonight going to be some real big news he's like just got some news like boom we got him home of the, like land of the free or something and everyone's like what <laughs> Right, right. Um, <laughs> oh, my that, God. That was really strange. The other thing that was amazing was that was when Obama was just, like, fucking dragging Donald Trump. Yeah. Which doomed us. Right. It, it was the day before was the Seth Meyers White House Correspondents Dinner. Right. right. It really feels like that day a door opened and another door closed. <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's right. And in the moment, it was so and satisfying. Right. He did, like, yeah. 20 minutes on Trump. And killed. Yeah, Great yeah, sure. Like, yeah. a really right. tight set of Trump stuff. And they kept on kind of Trump, like, clearly not getting the joke and wondering why everyone was laughing Right, at sitting, him. like, tersely and, yeah. Right. I remember that. And that's Saturday. That's Saturday. And then on Sunday night, it's the finale of The Celebrity Apprentice. Huh. And there was this like tweet at, don't remember at, that. at six or seven o'clock from The Rock. And everyone's like, oh shit, did they catch Bin Laden? Yeah. They're going to like preempt the news. So my roommate, Sophie and I were watching TV, like waiting for the programming to get interrupted. Yeah. And then there was like a White House tweet that was like, Obama's press conference will not start until 940. Like it got pushed back <laughs> it got from pushed when they back. thought it was going right. to happen. And the time it got pushed back to directly overlapped with the last 10 minutes of the finale of Celebrity Apprentice. Oh, my God. Which felt like him just being like, fuck <laughs> so you. So if, if we didn't kill Osama bin Laden. Donald Trump would not be president. That's oh the exact my point. God. That's what this movie is about. She should make Zero Dark 31 about that, that right? Yeah, just like, just imagine like, <laughs> the, like the being dominoes. able to look over all of time and be like, look, either Donald Trump is president or you can kill. It's like you get to ch- like just yeah. that. That defending your life scenario of like where where are we going here? That's, I mean that that's a great movie. Uh, it is a great movie. Although again, on the record, Trump might not be president by the time this. Well, comes no, out. by the time this is out, we're speaking from the confidence of a universe in which Trump is not president. Yeah. Okay. So we're living in a post-Trump world. Sure. Yeah. Right. And things are definitely a lot better. That's right. Yes. And Osama's oh, back. Wait. <laughs> yeah, we I mean it's the trade. That was the other side of the coin. Oh, you know? Right. We did have to let we him be a ghost. Him. Yeah. And he has a show now. Yeah. And we have to, you know, it's it's on NBC and it right. sucks, but right. yeah. Uh yes. <laughs> Celebrity apprentice. He has to he has to host it. That's like that's the yeah. trade off. Senator Gillibrand <laughs> had to go down to hell. <laughs> right. 
and pull out Osama bin Laden <laughs> in order to trade. Yeah. Oh it was a, it was like a it was a real uh, like when you resurrect Jason to fight Freddy. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, there was like eldritch runes that, you know, underneath like some rug in the Capitol building. You yeah. might have actually just cracked it. I mean, maybe the answer is we just resurrect Jason. <laughs> maybe it doesn't need to be a metaphor. Jason could host Celebrity Apprentice. That's Jason true. could definitely host Celebrity That'd Apprentice. He'd be great. Yeah. He'd take Manhattan again. Yeah. Exactly. True. <laughs> Takes Manhattan by the goddamn ratings. <laughs> I mean, the, the key art writes itself. Do you think Trump We're... would dare go after Jason on Twitter? I don't think he would. He would absolutely be like, Jason's a loser. <laughs> He's at. Freddie killed him for. Like, Freddie won for a reason. I don't. Oh but that's God. Mama's boy. Sad. Mama, yeah. <laughs> the first killer wasn't even Jason. It was his mother. His mother fights his battles for him. That's that's pathetic. Yeah. Oh God. It took him three movies to figure out the hockey mask. <laughs> I had my look going from day one. <laughs> This loser does understand branding. We're pitching oh gold God. here. This is, God, this is what good. if by November Trump is like God King of America and this comes out and we're all arrested. <laughs> he's, he's fixed it. Well, he's it's fine because we recorded this in August. So the ACLU, which is now probably doesn't exist. Sure, right, sure. Right, yeah, now it's the God TCLU King. or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Would help us. The Trump Civil Liberties. Exactly. It's now uh, Trump Civil Liberties University. <laughs> he resurrected Trump University. Yeah, the only, only 80 grand a week. You could uh, uh, go to TCLU. All right. Can I tell my quick story about where sure. I was when? Fine. Yes. Go right, right I don't know. What's this podcast? Yeah, no, We're go 50 ahead. minutes go ahead. in now. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. Um, this episode's a four-parter, by the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I was working at the Disney store at the time. Sure. In Times Square. Humblebrag. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it, but uh-huh. yeah. Um, but you know, I like I I dropped out of college to uh, start acting and stuff. This is the real apex that you're saying. You dropped right. out of college. You're in the Disney store in Times Square. Well, well, so I drop out of college, and then like a year in, I get cast in as like the the booger type character in this teen movie. Uh, which one is that? It's Again. called Beware the Gonzo. Beware the Gonzo. Miller yes, yes. and Zoe Kravitz, yes. and they're both rising stars. And it was like I'm like the comedic relief in this movie. This could be like a big breakout thing. Yeah. And then end up being released in one theater that played it one time a day. Uh, which theater was that? Uh, it was the Tribeca Cinemas. Oh sure, sure, yeah, the one that's usually closed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did like seven o'clock once a day for four days, and that was the release of that movie. Mm. Um, but I was like, I was the fucking booger in a in a teen comedy i'm gonna i, I so you're like i'm hightailing it out of here in six months like yeah right like I, I there was a rough patch where i could get any work for like a year and i was like okay i gotta get a day job to like fill it in but I, I was the fucking i was horny rob becker i'm gonna get a work you were horny rob i was horny was, rob becker oh, wow. you're in the same room right that's horny rob becker and i was like rob, i'm gonna get more that. roles i'm fine right and I go around like my shifts at the Disney store. And it's a lot of like aspiring Broadway musical actors working there. Right. Yeah. And I was like, these people don't even know. Like I'm a fucking movie star. I was third build and beware the You sound the guns. great. You sound it like was, a cool I was in a guy. really dark place. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was this guy named Michael who worked at the store. Everyone else was like 20s, early 30s at the oldest. Uh, and this guy, Michael, was like over 50. And just put a little extra on everything he did. He was very performative. And he yeah. was always taking pictures with customers. Like they were like, Michael, you're the best employees I've ever met. And he's like, come on, let's take a selfie. <laughs> and he would like come and note me on how I was like interacting with customers. He's like, Griff, just a little advice, peer to peer. Use a little more energy there. Hey, man, stop telling him to check out where the Gonzo. Yeah. Well, so I never brought it up. Never brought it up. Oh, okay. Right. Because uh, no one knew. But I was just like, I know I'm going to get another horny Rob Becker, another role of that <laughs> magnitude. Right. 
so the night uh, that Obama makes the uh, the announcement that he's killed Bin Laden himself with right. his own bare hands, right? Yes, uh, that's right. Uh, which is what this movie's about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I went downstairs. The correspondent spent dinner, <laughs> had him delivered, and just strangled him. Himself. Saw the life leave his eyes. Came up, did some jokes, <laughs> had a great night. Uh, big thanks to uh, Seth Meyers. <laughs> Shot a three pointer just after that too. So. Really, just a great night for me all around. Uh huh. Also, he uh, held Bin Laden down <laughs> as I punched him in the throat until I drew blood. So stop hitting yourself in Urdu. <laughs> Learned just that one phrase in Urdu, <laughs> just so I could say stop hitting yourself to Osama Bin Laden. Uh, <laughs> this is your story. <laughs> yeah. So they cut from the press conference. He's still at the Disney store. <laughs> yeah. They cut from the press conference to like NBC4 local news, and they're like, "We're reporting here live from Times Square." There's a lot of energy here. People are relieved. People are crying. Sure. We have caught Bin Laden. We have one man here ready to talk to us who lost someone on 9-11, uh, Michael Zorick. And my coworker fucking comes out. And it's just like some random New Yorker who's talking about like the voice of all New Yorkers. Because sure, he was just sure. there. And it was like, I guess the shot that's right in front of the Disney store, maybe he was getting off his shift. Two days later, three days later, whatever it is, within that week, the royal wedding happens, Right. And there's a big thing where on the right, it was right then. Good yeah. Morning America screen, yeah. they're Kate playing the royal wedding, and people were watching it in Times Square. This is a big ass week, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a week. Yeah, yeah. Seth Meyers did a tight twenty, and then right. Bin Laden got shot in the face. <laughs> right, and then Kate and Will got married. Obama crushed his JFL audition. <laughs> yeah, live on national television. <laughs> um, so it's it's the the Kate and and uh, William wedding, the and the front page. I'm about to show you yeah, the yeah. front page of the Daily Post the next day. Is this guy Michael, my coworker, close-up shot of him with his daughter on his shoulders watching the jumbotron? Huh. huh. And then you go inside he and it's beat like, out Will and Kate, is what you're saying. Right. I was like, how does this guy keep on finding a way to get himself right in front of a camera whenever there's a big event going on? So then I go like, wait, why does this guy look familiar? And I do some Googling. His name's Michael Zorick. He was like the horny rob of his time. <laughs> He no. was in like four shitty, barely released teen comedies where he played like the fat, horny guy. And he's totally who I like was equivalent. How do you spell this guy's name? Zay O Zay. Z O R E K. He was in Teen Wolf 2. Wow. Here he is. You got a visit from Future You. I did. Oh, and he I was, was like, in a lot of 80s movies. Right. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta shape up or ship out. Yeah. That's in, when I like had my big like come to mama moment. I was like, you gotta fucking get it together. Wow. So He's the, in the woman the death, in red. The death yeah. of Osama bin Laden was a big week for you. Huge. Camp nowhere. Huge. I got my priorities in, in order. He was yeah. in private school. He's fourth build in that. That was his big one. That was the one where he was like the horny Rob. Right. With Matthew Modine and, and Phoebe, Phoebe Cates. Cates. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The the Ezra Miller and Zoe Kravitz of their time. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's where you were. Where yes. were you, Demi? I was in a library working on like a group project with a bunch of kids. Sure. And I just remember someone like opening up scene and being like, oh my God, they shot Osama Bin Laden. And we were all like, what? Shut up, man. <laughs> and then like we all opened up and like, whoa. And I remember we all like cheered for a bit, but we were also just kind of like, I feel like we also were had like a moment of lucidity where we were like, I don't know why like yeah, we're this, cheering. Is this yeah. triumphant? We're like, what is we're this? like that is cool that is like i mean that's got to be relieving for a lot of people but we were also like none of us had connections to it we were just right. like that's good for the country and then we like 10 minutes we're like all right let's go back to working 
But there was that weird thing where it was just, I think there was this frustration over like, not that everyone had like this bloodlust still 10 years later. Right. But just like, it's weird that we haven't caught him. And they kept on going like. Well, it was also weird that we'd like, yeah, we'd done a whole war right. in Afghanistan that did not seem to have anything positive yeah. associated right. with it. We destabilized the whole country. And then like, on top of all that, the one guy we know who did was involved yeah. in 9-11. We hadn't even like sorted that out. It was, yeah. I feel like there were also rumors that he was like lit, like. There were so many rumors right. about where he was, but there right. were people thinking like, yeah, he's living in the U.S. now. It's yeah, like, he what? lives in, yeah. Like, in the spire of the Empire State Building <laughs> yeah. and like, yeah. He's right at the top of Trump Tower. <laughs> he controls the weather. Yeah, no, no, but it's true. Yeah, there were all these rumors. And then some people were like, no, he lives in a cave and he's yeah. sick and that's why we can't get him. And it doesn't matter. We don't want to get him. He, <laughs> and it that sucks was, in that cave. That was a big one too, which they like kind of allude to in this which movie. Which is Kyle Chandler's big monologue in this movie. Right, obviously. right. But no, but there was that whole theory that it was like, well, his like livers are really bad. People think he right. might have just died five years ago. Right. Like, he might just livers? died in a cave. Right? I feel like. He had two livers to be fair. Yeah. On, like even if that was the case, wouldn't you be like, well then figure it out for sure. Yeah. yeah maybe just yeah, like ask around. But then Probably they get a release those videos. Videos where he'd be like sitting somewhere and he'd be like, "What's up, guys?" <laughs> he, uh, he was John Turturroing it. Yeah. He's yes. doing his little cameo. Yeah, on the beach. definitely. Oh six. Uh, the Rockies are doing great this year. You know, like I don't so know. Today I'm gonna do a makeup tutorial. <laughs> this week, Kate Middleton will get married. Here's my Michael review. Zorick will be standing in Times Square. <laughs> yeah. New girl, totally adorkable. Like I, I don't know. Like what? He would just like make sure to mention some stuff. That so he's like, a revelation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He just had to make predictions like on the record. Like yeah. we, he had to do on the record exactly bright it's gonna be great <laughs> i would love to find tapes if he's like look i don't think i'm gonna make it to 2015 can we just set a few of these in production <laughs> transformers uh 10 will be a smash success yes uh zero to yeah. 30 jesus christ are yeah. we starting the movie what are we doing so i think i think the, the very opening of this movie is actually really smart because she doesn't put too much like you know sort of uh paprika on the sandwich uh, you were trying not to say that and then you just said it i know yeah but, but they have that one phone call you hear of the woman in the tower. Yeah, she, over uh, nothing, over uh, right. credits. Just tall yeah. black. But it's like a good amount of restraint where it's like, right, give us like, remind us all how terrifying that was on the day. Sure. Uh, which it does. Hearing that. Yeah, totally no good. Fucking, yeah. Um, did you guys see down. this movie in theaters? Initially? I did. I saw it in theaters. I yeah, I yeah. did too. And I, I don't, I think, I don't remember how I felt in theaters because I remember coming out and being like, yeah, that was the movie. But like watching it this time, I was just kind of like, wait, this must have been so jarring to watch in 2012, just like here, starting right off the bat with here is a 9-11 phone call. Yeah. I know. And but, yeah, I just remember the theater experience being very tense. Yeah. Uh, this movie is tense. It has a lot of scenes where nothing happens and then something blows up, which yeah. is stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it has a lot of just creeping dread. Like, yes. And then the moment of relief at the end, she like does everything to make sure you're not that like relieved if yeah. that makes sense it's more just sort of like you Which know is, it's like not like kind of what i like about it like that I it's swear. it's designed to be i mean a, a, it's it's like the anti-revenge thriller I mean, I think that is what she's going for. But I, I mean, we're going to talk about it on Detroit next week, which is just going to be like a laugh riot of an episode that we're all going to have a I, great time recording. I, I, when I, like, the first thing I said when this movie ended is, like, no fucking way am I going to see Detroit. Like, <laughs> I, I, for the, the entire time that movie's been out, I've just been like, I don't think I can handle it. I think it's going to be too much. All the reviews say, like, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I feel like I don't want to do it. And then watching this, I was just reminded of, like, well, if this is how she handles this, yeah, I don't think I can go to Detroit. It's all the seeds of, I think, what undid her with Detroit. It's like she's very impassive. She wants you to bring a lot to what she, you know, right. she, her thing is like, I am showing you 
mm-hmm. like very detailed, very detail oriented stuff, like right. reconstructions. But like I am, like I want you to project things onto this. Is how I feel yeah. she behaves, which is what I think will hurt the legacy of Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Because if you don't grow up remembering what it was like in those ten years where we didn't know where Bin Laden was, I don't think this movie has any real power. Mm, sure. Outside of just like technical, it has some power. Is it? Well, and, it's right. It's a technically very accomplished movie. Right. It has a lot of power in terms of like you're watching this person whose only life has been this. Which yeah. and then when it's done, it's like great. I mean, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, the end for her is not particularly satisfying. Yeah. Which I, I like. I mean, I remember being very blown away when I saw this movie in theaters. Sure. Just being like, yep, 100%. She nailed it. This is better than The Hurt Locker. I don't think it's better than The Hurt Locker. But it I, is, I do like this movie, I should say. I mean, I seeing do like it, it out of theaters, like, walking out of the theater the first time, I thought it was better than The Hurt Locker. Hadn't seen it since then. It diminished a lot for me this time. Uh-huh. It weirdly feels like a, a movie that's uh, shelf life is already like a little yeah. bit I mean, shrinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, feel- and also it's like you're like, oh, Al Qaeda. Remember when that was the villain, not yeah. ISIS? Right. When they kept not saying ISI, thing. I was like, ISIS. ISIS, <laughs> get, get ready. They're gonna add Ness. Um, no, yeah, exactly. But it, it, but it, it is that weird thing dated. because it was such recent history. Like when the movie came out, it was dramatizing things that happened like 18 months earlier. Right. Yeah. That now that we're in a different climate, the movie is so devoid of any larger context like that because she's asking you to bring everything to the table. I think so. I do think that's how she functions. And in the Detroit, she's doing the same thing. Uh, we'll talk about Detroit. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen it at the time of this recording. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, just, I feel kind of similar to you. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I just, I'm glad that you guys didn't want me to watch Detroit because I just, every time I see the trail, I'm just like, I don't think I could deal with it's, this it's it's, it's well you going. so you you're in town you usually live in la you're yep. in new york and uh you know i i was very very excited the prospect of having you as a guest and i Thank said you. we're going to be starting this Catherine bigelow may series or any of them that jump out to you and you said that this was the only one you'd seen yeah uh that you heard point break was really cool. everyone says point break is great i know it's endlessly parodied i've seen Indeed. like hot fuzz and whatnot and i was just like point break that'll be a fun one to watch mm-hmm. But uh, you you were like, well, do the one you've seen before. And I just felt so, like, yeah, it's good yeah. if you have uh, some prior relationship yeah. so. to the yeah, thing. Yeah, sure. Whatever I definitely is. do think that I'd be better talking about this than I would Point Break. Because I'd just be like, it was funny when he did the, the Point bike. Break is a lot of that. They skydive and something. Yeah, but for you, this dive. was they like, surf. When, you, when you saw it in theaters, you were kind of like, eh, about it. And it sounds like it's diminished I even think, more for you. I think then. when I came out of the theater, I, I was very much like, whoa, that was dramatic and very well made. But yeah. I, I think my connection to the events of like 9-11 weren't as strong and weren't as like, I, I was never like, we got to get Osama bin Laden. Like, so when it, even when like it happened, I was just kind of like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. But like, so seeing the movie, I was just coming at it from the place of like, I remember this event. This is crazy. And like, it was just very dramatic. But I, I just remember I wasn't as like I remember thinking when people were like it's going to get nominated for best picture and it did I was like okay I don't think it should win but okay right so but yeah I, I also knew that she was coming off the Hurt Locker and I, right. I hadn't seen the Hurt Locker okay. but I knew it won is, best picture but I was just like well this is going to be incredible I, I bet right yeah um and it was like a big deal when she didn't get nominated for best director she was like a big snub that year yeah. I guess so let me look at the uh. Because that was Academy. the year Affleck didn't get nominated and she didn't get nominated. Both well, remember, of them were it was locked. seen as a lock for a lot of things. And then, right, there was, was a lot of furor around was that this the movie. Year, no, that was the year after the King's Speech one, right? Uh, it's a few years after that. No, yeah, it's the year after. You're right. Yeah. King's Speech is 010. Right? So this, and this is Artist? 11. 
Oh, no, this is two years after. Artist oh. is the year before. This okay. is the Argo year. Got right. it. Uh, where Ang Lee wins Best Director for Life of Pi, everyone's favorite movie. Right, that, that was, everyone always talks about. That was that about. weird thing. Was everyone, I always talk about the direction in that movie? No, but that was like everyone thought that either Bigelow or Affleck would win Best Director, and then neither of them got nominated, and then like yeah. Ang Lee kind of won by default. I, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it was one of those scenarios where everyone's like, I mean, Ang Lee, we gotta right. It's great. Yeah, who doesn't love Ang Lee? Like who? I mean, it's the Coens that year. No, it's Michelle Haneke for Amour. Right. Another laugh riot that everybody loves to talk about. Right. Ben Zeitlin for Beasts of the Southern Wild. Yeah. Uh, Which is a very just weird nom. Weird nom. Yeah. I feel like that was, I feel like every year they've got one that it's like, well, this is the fresh new sure. kid that we right. want to show people that you can do this too. And that's always the person who all season every like Oscar handicapper has been like, no chance he gets nominated. Yeah. And then he always, it's like the Lenny Abramson like right. surprise of like, oh, they nominated the room guy? Uh, yeah, that was weird. Frank. Uh, Spielberg uh, for Lincoln. Oh, yeah. Right. And David, a default nom. David O. Russell for Silver Linings Playbook. It's a weird, it's a weird slate. A weird I remember year. that year. That year, that was the year that I was like, Silver Linings Playbook better not win all of these fucking awards. Well, Even though won, I liked the movie, I was just like, it, it's... It won one award. What was that? Best actress. Jenny Lawrence. Oh, oh yeah. No. And then she fell down. And Hugh Jackman ran oh, to right. save and her. I, I, and then I loved her again. Right. Because she trips like me. But that that is that is the one award. You know, Jessica Chastain should have been klutzy in this movie. That would have been. Uh, I think I think if she had been a little bit more relatable as opposed to just, you know, focused. Um, <laughs> so you're saying she could have been adorkable. Maybe. She yeah. been a little I mean, adorkable. as Osama told us, this was yeah. a big year for adorkable. <laughs> She has like bangs and like big glasses or something. I don't yeah. know. I break for birds and I want to kill Osama bin Laden. I forgot about I break for birds. I, I love New Girl so much. Me too. I love New it's Girl. It's a fantastic show. Yes. Agreed. It's just fun to make fun of Adorkable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that initial advertising campaign was rough on I the have to imagine oh. they look back on that now and just go, well, we really missed the, missed the mark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Well, I mean, I remember, like, my biggest takeaway after seeing it in theaters was, like, Chastain fucking walking away with the Oscar. Interesting, sure. Like, when I saw this, I was like, Chastain, I mean, fucking she's, powerhouse. she's great in She's, movie. like, emerged in the last two years as, like, our next great fucking American actor. Yeah. And here's this vehicle for her. She's, like, got the reins, and her character is so fascinating. And that end scene hit me so hard. And I always was like, ah, fucking Chastain should have won instead of Lawrence. Like, Lawrence would have won another Chastain year. nominated? She was, was nominated. Was. And it was like, Lawrence was inevitable. She was going to win an Oscar at some yeah. point. It felt like this was like Chastain's perfect Well, she had even won already with Winner's Bone, right? No, uh, she nominated. just been oh, nominated. Right. Her yeah. only win is, uh, is Silver, Silver Linings. Wait, no, I thought she's won twice. She's no. won once. No. No. She and almost she's... won for fucking American Hustle. I mean, oh, right. I feel like had she not won this year, she probably would have won for American Hustle. Right, that was the thing. It just felt like it was so clear that, like, she was America's new, like, great shining hope to save Hollywood. Yeah. And they were going to give her the Oscar before she was 30. Uh, sure. Like, well, no matter she, what, she was going to uh, get it one way or another. She's still not 30. Very aware of she's that. J-Law? 27 years old. Hmm. Young woman. Younger than me. Younger than me? Yep. Older than me. There, there you go, Ben. And I'm 12. So you still got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, to be younger the next. than me for sure. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Ben. I didn't mean to bum you out there. No, it's okay. So the movie, Zero Dark Thirty, after yeah. these opening credits, begins right. with uh, 
uh, uh, uh, torture. Oh, torture. Right, right. 25 minutes of torture. It begins with my Ugh. girlfriend being like, we have to watch this tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it was so hard to watch. Yeah. All of the hardest stuff to watch comes in the first hour of the movie. And yes. then, like, the next 45 minutes are just them talking, like, we got to get him. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's just... Well, it's a Which kind is, of a five-act movie. It, it's a weird, it's, it like, it's these isolated sections that are, like, 35 minutes long that are each kind of focused around. Well, because, yeah. right, the beginning of the movie is, like, Jason Clark is the torturer, and Jennifer right. Ely is boss lady, <laughs> and Jessica Chastain's, like, a sidekick. She yeah. doesn't like is also here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. It, I, Jason, he's got a laptop. Jason Clark's role in this movie is so weird. Like, he's... I like, think his role is actually really I think he's the best part of this movie. Yeah? Yeah, Fair I around. do. Please, please, yeah. please don't. I, I just, like, just in terms of... I think the character of what maybe it's just what I would want to see in this thing where it's like he is almost unempathetic just in the sense of like he's a torturer and then yes. also seems very broy. but then he also has this thing with his the monkeys that he gets really sad about and it's like I can't do this anymore and he leaves and becomes a suit and it's just like his progression seems almost like I mean it's like kind of someone growing up but not for the right reason right yeah but I think that's intentional I mean like as you said like the first part of this movie is the hardest part I mean there's this moment halfway through the movie where they're all just watching TV and you see this interview with Obama saying like torture is not American and we right. shouldn't torture people. And then there's no more torture in the movie because as like the CIA stopped doing it, at least, you know, so we're told or so Bull's told. And like, it's like no one ever says like, he's right. Yeah. You know, we, we should, we should, you know, it was pretty fucked up all that torture we did. It's just like, it becomes like, that's the new, that's what the it CIA is like. It kind of feels like, like they wanted to be like, fuck him. Like, yeah, like they're sort of like, you know, uh, yeah. but um, but and the, the same with Clark, where he's like during the Bush era, he's like, yeah, man, you want me to just like tough my hair up just all the way up and like waterboard people. Great. And then the Obama years, he's like, I'm a suit now. Yeah. And it's like rather than anyone being held accountable yeah. or put through any kind of it's more just like, no, we just we'll just move everything around. Well, can I throw out my hot takes on this? Yeah, sure. Because I got a lot of I got a lot of feelings. Just what we need, takes. a hot take. I got a lot of feelings on on all of that and the response to it that, that happened culturally. Right? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. I think this was kind of this watershed moment where it, it felt like people were not willing to read subtext at all. And I'm not saying the movie makes all of its points completely successfully. And I'm not saying it's on the right side of everything. No, I agree. But it was one of those things where it felt like people were angry that the movie didn't have a scene where a character looked at the camera and said, torture is wrong. We should right, have done right, that. Right, But that would that be... it didn't have an atonement to scene. To me, that's too easy. Yeah. And also yeah. it's false. And we didn't do that. Like, right, some, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. what's frustrating about this story is that like, we did a lot of fucked yeah, up Yeah, we stuff. elected a new boss who was like, don't do just this one thing very bad like you can still do a lot of stuff but right. like, don't do some of these things yeah. right and no one was ever like come on Ben really you want to say something held accountable well, but is the yeah. play then that, to reference like that famous photograph of the, the uh, Abergrave Abergrave right, that's the like, question, which is like the thing you put right, in like that woman became a scapegoat for all the sure. unease right. that America had with the tor torture because it was like well here's a good example right bad apple bad apple line. oh right. yeah sure right, right we weren't telling her to do that jeez yeah, don't right. take pictures what are you guys thinking right right whereas yeah, Jason right. Clark is like a successful blue collar torturer like yeah, he right. he just works his way lines. up right he just makes the guy shit his pants and show his dick to Jessica <laughs> oh Chastain God. you know and like right this is all right at the start and you're like oh boy yeah right yeah. do you remember the metal part where they yes. play that now all right i looked the band up they're called Rorschach. they're a jersey hardcore band of course they are. did right. you go to high school with them ben <laughs> no no i didn't did you come out of the furnace with them ben Hey, don't you dare. Uh, uh, ben grew up in the town that the movie Out of the Furnace is based on. <laughs> no, I grew up nearby it. And okay. I know the, the you people know those that guys. it's sort of based you on. You know all you those know hillbillies. Bale. 
Uh, so anyway, you had this, there was this guy playing a banjo. <laughs> All right, but wait, Rorschach, oh. the New Jersey uh, hey, hardcore band. So yes. if you're a metal band, that's like such a fucking compliment. To right, use right. Your like music, our music, yeah. torture, terrorist. That's sure. metal as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I was just proud to know that they're a post-hardcore band from New Jersey. They, that's very cool. There's a scene in Homeland. Like I didn't realize that, that was a torture technique until that scene from Homeland, where they're doing the same thing with the lights going on, and, right. and I was just like, "Whoa, that!" I really feel like that would fuck me up. That's mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like sleeping. One of the real, one of the things that really sells the torture in this movie is that like they do waterboarding, and sure. like I'm sure they probably did electric shock, but those aren't the ones that they show up front. Like the ones that they show are the ones where you have to think about it. Is like. Oh, that's not what I think of as torture, but that is torture, and right, that's, that's why it's and, so right, effective. And, and right, and that of course is part of the "quote unquote" enhanced interrogation technique shit that they did. It was right, like right. it was like, all right, all right, we know we can't do these very obvious things. We can't hurt them with like weapons. We can't, you know. But yeah. like, there's definitely a lot of ways to make people really, really miserable. Like, like you step off the mat stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, I do think... Yeah, the thing where they bring the mat behind him, too, yeah. and then Jason Clark, like, kind of football tackles him, like, with his knee, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I do think the thing I find interesting about the Jason Clark character is that arc where you're saying, like, he goes to Washington and becomes a suit, but it doesn't really feel like he's grown up. I, I think what the movie's trying to do is, like, this guy's broken now. Like, you're For sure. at the beginning of the movie, and he's very high-functioning. He's in this bro sort of, like, working out all this rage that's sort of, like, he encapsulates the worst, like, oorah, let's get him sort of feelings we had in our culture. Yeah. You know, trying to just, oh, if I got Bin Laden, I'd strangle yeah. him myself kind of things. And just whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And yeah. he sort of talked himself into it, and he's figured out all of that. And then you see, like, the monkey attachment is like, this is this guy who has no sense of, like, humanity anymore to a degree. Like, he's trained right. that out of his body. He doesn't really know how to relate to other people. Right. He's sort of at a disconnect, but, and then he goes and just works in Washington because he doesn't know who he is anymore. That, there's that, but I think it's also just the banality thing of, like, people follow orders. He right. works for the CIA, and they tell him, like, you know, we do these things, and he's like, okay, okay, I'm going to do those things. And then it's like, we don't do those things anymore. He's like, yeah, well, okay, I, right. don't, I don't have to do them. I and mean, he doesn't yeah. go full Michael Bean, like, the abyss, like, I've lost my mind, but he just seems like kind of a broken guy Great once you get to DC. Great to Michael Bean. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, so, right, but yeah, the beginning is... It's more, clo- it's 2003, yeah. it's more post, like close to 9-11, we're in Afghanistan, we're about to enter Iraq, mm-hmm. or maybe we just have, and uh, yeah, he's torturing this guy at Guantanamo Bay, who's a member of Al-Qaeda for like info about attacks and stuff like that, and she's there. It's her first day at the office. But it's like, literally, she's being like trained, yes. Right. I, uh, yeah. I was so, like... I couldn't, I think just watching this movie again for the first time and just sort of having like moments where I would re-remember things just before they'd happen, I was just kind of like, I had this moment where they did the scene where Jessica Chastain can't handle all the torture stuff that's sure. happening. Right at the and start, I was just like, yeah. wait, is the message of this movie supposed to be like, oh, she can't handle it, but then she gets to a point where she can handle it. Mm. And I, I was just like, I don't know how I feel about that. But just, just there was so much at the beginning of like, she can't handle it, but she's going to try. But she really can't handle it. And I was like, what what, what are you guys trying to do here? I, th- I, th- I think that's Bigelow's trick, though. She's like, this is the information I have. Yeah. Make of it what you will. <laughs> and, like, it can, it can really bounce back in her face, which I think is what happened with Detroit. It happened, sure. And it happened with this, too, but this movie was more successful than Detroit. But you do have a lot of shots, reaction shots of... Chastain in those first 30 minutes where she doesn't have a lot of dialogue. Looking uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Looking uncomfortable. But then you there's know? that scene where he's like, he basically is pleading with her like she's going to be the good cop and she's just like, 
you're only doing this to yourself because you're not being truthful. You know, she just right. she just retreats to the company line. Yeah. Well, and I think the most telling thing is that, you know, this movie said like, well, this movie is is pro torture because it's saying that torture led us to this information that got Bin Laden. And it's like, first of all, years in between, right? Yeah. In in the span of everything this movie's telling. Secondly, they only really get information when they go about it the entirely different way of yes. let's take the guy out of the room, let's yeah, feed yeah, him yeah. some lunch, let's tell torture. him it's already hit. right. Like. The movie kind of makes the argument that it's like does. that torture shit didn't really work. It does make that argument. The reason people like Glenn Greenwald, who was very mad about this movie, and yeah. some other people were mad, was that there's one piece of intelligence they get at, right at the start, which is this name of the courier, Abu Ahmed. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, we never got that from torture. And like a lot of other people were like, how dare you show anything being gotten from torture because it doesn't usually work or, you know. Yeah. And Mark Bowles' response was just like, look, man, like, that's what my reporting showed me was that they got that that we, way. We tortured people and we got information. Right. And, and it was the Obama yeah. administration by the time this movie comes out. And they're very like, you know, try very much trying to be like, no, we, you know, like that's bad. Like we don't yeah. do that. And Those it's not a good way us. to do it. Right. right. We are good. And, you know, I guess it's just sort of, I mean, that I think that's their line. Essentially, right. Obama like, had passed the Dent Law at that point in time. The Dent he Act, passed the Dent Act, and crime after was illegal. The heroic sacrifice of our great Attorney General Harvey Dent, who definitely didn't kill anyone. No. That damn Joker was like, "I'm going to torture twice as many." People. <laughs> you took about Ricky T. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ricky T. Joker. Yeah, yeah, Richard T. Joker. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, great, great callback, Griff. Yeah. Oh, and on the record, since we're recording this in September, mm. uh, I'm sure everyone is really excited. Thank you all for the nice tweets congratulating me on being announced as the director of the fifth Joker movie. Oh, it's they really had to scrape, but then they right. they found you. Yeah. Right. So I'm doing the stop motion fable <laughs> Joker musical. Can I ask just real quick about that? Why'd you let Kaufman write? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So here, here's here's my thing. Yeah. I felt like I had to rein him in a little bit. You know, I sure. felt like maybe I could be the sort of Gondry to his Kaufman in a okay. push and pull kind of way. All right, you want Eternal Sunshine, not Animalisa. I want the full sort of heady ideas coming out of him, but then I want to move it into a more fantastical sort of audience-friendly so kind of emotional zone. Right. <laughs> the Joker is nothing if not family-friendly and emotional. Right. That's my take on the Joker. Yeah, and I like Todd it. Phillips has his take, <laughs> and the Crazy Stupid Love guys have their take, mm-hmm. and Michael Haneke has his take. Uh, can't wait to we see We know that the one. full five and that have been all, announced at this they're point. They're all based off of uh, David Ayer's take, what if he was a cop? Right. <laughs> right. What if cop, Which what if Which he shouted what before if... he was uh, taken off to jail. What if he was a cop? <laughs> <laughs> By a bunch what of about the puppets, though? I felt that was a weird choice. No, it's, the it's marionettes. Good. I think when you see how the puppets are used, uh-huh. you will get it. We really pushed the technology very far, and I think we've gotten more expressiveness out of these puppets. I was actually, I was in the edit for one of the scenes. Also, you should know, they CG out the wires. Yes. yes oh, my right, gosh. Yes, yeah. yes wow. of course. Yes. Okay. Right, so this is my stop motion and puppet. <laughs> and you don't know how to puppet anything, so you just jerk them up and down. Yeah. yeah but they do take the wires out, so the characters are just like this the whole time. Yeah, I should yeah, clarify, yeah, yeah. when I said I'm directing it, what I meant is I'm doing all of it. And when I said that Warner Brothers hired me, I meant I just did this in my living room. I haven't seen other people for weeks. But you do have advanced CGI wire-removing technology on your laptop. And Charlie Kaufman did write it. It's weird. It's yeah, weird. He did. Yeah. He and dropped then, it off in your right, mailbox. I did everything else. You spent all that tick money on, Charlie, I need you to write the script All that me. tick money. I hired him. I commissioned him. Write me a musical Joker, half marionette, half stop motion fable. 
And Warner Brothers is like, we're not going to sue you. This doesn't seem like people will sue you. Well, they, <laughs> They're but, not worried about here's it. Here's the thing. I knew it was a You're buyer's market. You're trying to get them market. to sue you. Yeah. It was a buyer's market, and they need more Joker movies. And They're looking at their slate. Netflix. They have 12 different release slots a year, and they Joker. only have four Joker movies. Joker only. Yeah. If you make a Joker movie, it will get bought. They also refer to months as release slots now. <laughs> Oh boy! Happy twelfth release slot, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> They've really waterboarded a guy for this movie. Yeah, I like. I was just like, how? Because great transition, by the way. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I, just, no, no, I, I looked it. back down at my notes yeah. and I was like, I want to mention that the, it seems like they had to really waterboard there, a guy for this. I movie. mean, th- what it lo- sure and looks like the, waterboarding to me. And yeah. as the director, why Griffin? <laughs> oh, of this movie? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, um, <laughs> he waterboarded a puppet. Look, it's fine. It's right. a puppet. Yeah. It can't feel. I wonder if that's one of those cases where like Bigelow was like, we got to do it real, or the actor was like, I need to do it for real. I have to mm-hmm. imagine the actor was probably like, I don't, I don't want to. This is my like one of my first movies. I'm playing a terrorist. I don't want to. <laughs> that dude's already... a fucking great French actor. Is he, really? he is in this movie. I saw that was like a big, big hit in France called uh, uh, Hippocrate about uh, young doctors at a hospital. And he won like best supporting actor at the season. Oh, wow. And the dude fucking kills it. And he was in a prophet too. And now he's like a big leading man in France. That's great. And it hasn't really translated here, but he's like a great actor. And I hadn't rewatched this movie since seeing him in other stuff. One thing that I, I just felt so, I feel like there's also the difference of like who I was in 2012 versus who I am now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like just, I watched it on Amazon and it had all those x-ray things where like every so often I go to pause it and yeah. just show all the names yeah. of No, people. it's a great company. It's a great it's, company. It's a wonderful, <laughs> it's a wonderful system. I love it very much. Yeah. Uh, the tick available now. Yeah. But definitely. I. Still I, streaming. I, I kept seeing the thing where it was like, um. Like, oh, this is the person. It's like just playing terrorist or playing like yeah. man. And I just kept feeling like, are these, or how many people is like this their first role and they have to play terrorist in a movie where we're all right. rooting? For, yeah. Right. Which sucks. It sucks. And it's like, that's when people get into this thing of like, uh, well, well, how are you like, how is it backwards if you're only playing terror? I'm, I'm verbalizing this very poorly, but I had this thought while watching the movie, which is like, the problem is if you're like an actor of Middle Eastern descent, Pretty much, unless someone decides to make a movie about fighting terrorism, there aren't that many roles right. that you could possibly go up for. Yeah, sure. Um, which uh, blows. Uh, and then you imagine, like, when this movie was announced and like the casting calls went out, it was the simultaneous like, fuck, they got like sixty roles to cast. Yeah, I probably have a good shot at getting this. Ex- right. I'm sure there's sort of like a begrudging, like, we got to get paid in this. Too. Right. I have a lot of friends that are making the joke of like. W- like, uh, we'll all keep our heads down when we're in the Confederate audition yeah. room. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. In November, come on, on the record, they, they're they like, forget it. I'm sorry. It was a bad idea. Forget it. Don't yeah. worry about it. Don't worry about Confederate, it. Confederate, for those of you who are living in November, was a, a poor idea by HBO. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, on the record, I should announce that I've just sold my new TV show to HBO, which is about people trying to make Confederate. <laughs> it's about the opposition to writing the TV show Confederate. I love it. Um. So. Oh th- no! The thing you, I was it's called say, the Underground Railroad to Confederate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing I was gonna say, what, what you were saying about like how watching this movie in a different place, and it's crazy that things have shifted this much in like <laughs> five, five, less years. Than five years. years. Yes. But it was like watching that movie when it came out. It was like, well, yeah, but we're good now. 
Right. You yeah. know, we won. We got Bin Laden. And uh, Obama, we got Obama had just been reelected. Right. Shit fucking rules. America's <laughs> on the up and up. Like, sure, America's sure, sure. got it going on. It really feels like we all came to it from the place of, like, we got to remember the bad guy here is Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> right. remember, remember what he did? So right. also right. It's like, look, torture. Yes, we can have these conversations, but it's all over now. It's yeah, like, it's imagine true. how much he tortured. Yeah, <laughs> like that was Bush stuff, and the Bush stuff sucked. But remember, nothing's ever going to be bad again, ever yeah. again. Exactly. Obama gets to be president forever, right? That, right. That's definitely that's that's the rule, right? Right. He's on like vacation him? for yeah. now. And yeah. after him, we'll elect uh, Malia. I don't know. <laughs> we'll think about it. We'll it's just keep going down the chain. Right. It's nothing but black people from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> but then you watch this now, and you're just like. It's just, I don't like anything we do. Yeah. You know? I, I I had a moment near the end where I was like, after all the torture had gone, like I was just, I was struck with the realization of like, she just had the line of like, I'm going to find him and I'm going to kill Osama Bin Laden. And sure. I just heard an electric guitar riff in my head. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it was the Wonder Woman riff. And I was just like, oh yeah, this movie is really about revenge. And then from sure, there on sure. out, like they show the raid and they start saying like I just popped this guy and I was just like oh this is this yeah. is how it is it's yeah. fucked up yeah <laughs> but I also think that is how it is no yeah right just, where they're all just like accurate. chilling drinking yeah. beer and they're like let's bet fifty dollars on horseshoes and then someone's like go to this house shoot everyone right and they're like yeah yeah cool and cool, they all sure. it's yeah. all based off of the confidence of this woman and I was just like it would be such a more so, like that's the crazy thing. That's that's the ins- someone at a table being like, "We should should we send two helicopters, like thirty guys, right here? What do you think?" And everyone else is like, 60 maybe." And yeah. she's like, "This is the first thing I've done. I'm gonna say a hundred. And yeah. like, as someone who's been watching her this entire time, obviously you're on the side of like, "Well, she's gonna do it. She's course, the she's, protagonist, right?" Yeah. But also, I feel like you get a sense. Watching it this time, I got a sense of like, no, she's obsessed with revenge. It's very right. easy for her to have been wrong here. Yep. And to see a movie where like, imagine getting Zero Dark Thirty and then the twist is like, nope, she this wasn't Osama Bin Laden. That's not the story yeah, we're they, telling. They go there yeah. and it's like Pauly Shore. It's Valkyrie. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What are you guys doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's assassinated and everyone's happy. Yes. But, but Chris is, Pratt is this for Biodome? <laughs> There is that thing that, like... They go into the biodome. Yeah. That Bigelow Bowl, like, lack of context. Like, this is just what it is thing. Sure. I think you... It worked in 2012 because it was just like, well, everyone wanted to catch Bin Laden. Like, whether they wanted him murdered, whether they wanted him to face a trial, there was a sense of, like, we got to get him. And now this character's lack of context is kind of weird because she just seems like, what's her big hang-up, you know? It's weird to think about that time when that was, like, still the thing. And there was still one clear guy we need to take down. Because, like, ISIS is such a, like, a sort of nebulous, vague there's no, sort of There's force. no, like, big, yeah. Well, and also, there's right. an argument in this movie, her and Kyle Chandler, where he's saying, like, like you know, there's no lone wolves to worry about. Like, right. we have to worry about people who are actually doing shit. No, you know, Osama Bin Laden, he's just chilling out. And, like, you know, and like, then I'm thinking, like, oh, that's, like, all that we're fighting now. Yeah. It's just, like, right. information on the internet. You know, right. people who can be radicalized in any way or whatever. Right. I don't and, know. And like, smaller events at greater frequency. Right. Yeah. You know? Like, and Kyle Chandler's, like, the stuffed shirt who's, like, stopping our hero from they fucking killing They give him the it. worst hair. Yeah. His hair it's is really rough bad. in this movie. It's really bad. It's like, she's like, how do I make you less effective? Like, <laughs> yeah. What do I have to do? They want an early edition Kyle Chandler. Exactly. Yeah. Mark Strong's he, wig That is, is how he rose to power in the CIA. Uh, early edition was the cat delivering him the fucking paper yeah he had the newspaper saying hey we're gonna get Osama Bin Laden tomorrow and he's like I'll tell you guys (laughs) yeah not yet trust me not yet it's not a cave (laughs) (laughs) but we'll see where it is 
Um, um, but so, but no, but yes, the yes. other thing is, yes, you have this motivating factor in the movie of the death of the CIA chief in Afghanistan, who's played right. by Jennifer Ely, who's really good in this really movie. Really fucking good in this yeah. And it was a year after Contagion, which she is so good in. It was that I thing where she was just popping up in movies and, like, killing it. And both of those movies, she's, like, the secret heart of the film. Yes. Like, she's the emotional core of both, despite limited screen time. And what I like about her in this movie is she's sort of, like, to Chastain, she's being like, look, no, you can be, like, a regular person and have this job. Like, you don't have to be this, like, wraith who walks the halls of some office and has no family Which or is like life. Jason Clark. That's the counter. Yeah. Right. That's the, and whereas Jessica and Chastain's like, no, about, I have kids. And like, they make you that know. joke about him not coming to meet them for dinner. Right. One of the six times they accidentally are in the place that gets bombed. Right. Yeah, that, that does happen a, a, might, a might too frequently. I, I remember like the first time I saw this movie, I was always caught off guard by the bombings. And this time, like I was just, I felt like I was watching the filmmaking being like, well, I know. Because yes. I didn't remember exactly, yes, thing, right. but I was like, "Why right. is this taking too long?" Yeah, yeah I was like, yeah. "It's a lot of establishing shots. This <laughs> bus seems to be going nowhere. Important. They <laughs> right. don't. We haven't seen any of the people. It's gonna blow up." And it, it, yes, and the first time watching it, you're like, "They've already bombed three times. They can't do it a fourth, right?" Captain's not that crazy. Bombs. There were like four or five bombings in the first right. hour of this movie, and then there's that thing later where she's in her car and they start shooting at her, and I'm like, "Really? Yeah. Like yeah. really? Like she? She? This happened as well?" But if you've seen it a second time, you know that's happening. You know to expect the yeah, crazy violence out of yeah. nowhere. I sure. forgot the car thing. I was like, yeah. oh, why? <laughs> but, but the contrast between like the banality and the like the hyperviolence isn't as startling when you've already seen the movie. No, but it, I think it was startling to just because I knew that uh, like Jennifer Ely's death was coming. I had that moment where I was like, oh, yeah, it happens in a car explosion. And then right. I started realizing like she's being way too positive. She's too, about way this. too gung-ho about and, this. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, so they are also focusing on her entirely. Like Maya's not even in these scenes. Right. She's just, just like, LOL. Like she's, I aming her yeah, like, I R-O-F-L. I'm like, we got him. BRB. I was just like, well, this is not how CIA operatives should be. No, no. And I also read like, you know, both cars coming super slowly and forebodingly SMA. I'm going <laughs> to make him a cake and pour. I was like, this is, this is such a high, like, yeah. she really wants you to love this just to make it hurt so much more. It does hurt. But the Jeffrey-Chastain <laughs> relationship is a fictional relationship, and they're both kind of composite characters of some different people. Yeah. Sort of, but yeah, the Chastain character is supposedly mostly based on this woman who sounds absolutely insane. Yes. I don't mean to be mean about a person but who she's like a works for the CIA and could yeah. probably have me murdered all kinds of ways. No. Um, but uh, if you... They don't do that anymore. Yeah. I, I, I want to fi- find her name because the person she's based on is crazy. Jessica Jastain. Crazy. Uh, yeah, it, it was just Jessica. That's why they cast her. Um, Fuck, and what, wasn't Homeland talking. also based on this same woman? Uh, yes. Alfreda Francis Bikowski. Yes. Who... Uh, headed the Bin Laden station and the Global Jihad unit, which sounds just like a blast. I mean, yeah. that sounds like so much fun. Uh, she is known as the Queen of Torture. E- she married her boss, Michael Schur, who famously once suggested that we should consider Mike Schur? Creator of The Good Place? Creator of My The boss? Good Place, who famously once said we should assassinate Barack Obama. I remember him saying that in the room. Yeah, he, he, he tested it on you guys, and then he was like, should I say this publicly? We were like, it's not going to work out of Kristen Bell's mouth, but if you tweet it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bad joke pitch, bad joke pitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's uh, She seems a lot tougher than this Maya character. Tougher right. is one word for it. Uh, yeah. Scarier. I don't know, whatever you want to put it. But uh, definitely, it's clear there's that definitely an element of her there. Yeah. Yeah. 
which I think, they've said yes. she's a composite though. So there are other right. characters that right. are wrapped into her. Um, but but I read I I did almost no research into the the real events that this film's depicting because it obviously takes a lot of liberties. I did look into this woman a little bit, but the one thing I I got because Amazon X Ray so so pleasantly right. gifted it to me was that in real life that meeting. Uh, was like the fourth time the guy had come to visit them. Oh, really? They you mean the, sp- the the bombing, the uh, Jennifer Yes, the Lee doctor step. character, yeah. right. He had come and spoken the to them Chapman three attack. times. So they were like more guarded the first time he came. Sure. And then when like three or four times later, they were like, you know what? He's really like, he sat down. He's given us a lot of information. Right. Clearly our guard is down. We're fine. That's when he like pulled the trigger. Right, whereas it does feel a little... Like where they're like, she's like, don't worry about the gate. Just bring him in. And they're like, well, we usually check yeah, people I, coming in. Right. As soon as she did, I was just like, well, I know that's not how it happened. But still, this is a stupid thing for someone to do. Right. Sure. Right. It, it goes a little into that, like, uh, uh, the Lego Batman thing where the guy's driving the car and he's like, I love my life. Yeah. I hope nothing bad happens to me today. <laughs> like, she's like making the cake. Yeah. She's like, BRB. But we'll just so talk to, to this guy pilot. very quickly and then definitely will still be alive at the end of talking to him. I. It's almost. It's like it feels like the only thing she didn't say is I can't believe I'm getting out of here tomorrow or like <laughs> right <laughs> one day till retirement yeah, yeah. so excited uh, for my three day weekend but <laughs> that is not really a composite character Jennifer Lee that's oh, just okay. based on Jennifer Matthews who was like the the person okay who, you it know was also the station weird. chief I feel yeah. like we didn't learn she was a mother of three until she died until the like uh, yeah. the TV yeah. report yeah right. yeah but so then at the end of that that's when Jessica Chastain when Maya was like yeah I'm going to kill a ben, I'm going to kill Ben Laden, it gets kind of right? personal like at that the, point. she's she's made it personal do we need that I don't know I I feel like it really like I mean if they had taken a turn where it was about her obsession with it sure which they I feel kinda like they kind do. of did but yeah. they didn't really hit it maybe as hard as I wanted them to then I feel like that would have made sense but that line just feels like it's a line for people in the theater to be like yeah, yeah, now we're now it's all positive from here on out. It does. I think Mark Bowles a bad writer of dialogue. I think that comes through a lot more in Detroit. What else has he done besides Detroit? Hurt Locker. This he's the oh, Detroit. He's the just uh, the guy yeah. who works with her it's on these Bigelow and Bowl. Yeah, Bigelow and Bowl. Uh, Turns a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he also apparently wrote the story for Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare. Ah, yeah, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and and serial season two. <laughs> oh wait, is that, that's true. Yeah, Se- oh, Bo Bergdahl. Season yes, two of is, course. Is yes, that's from his files to research the Bo, Bi- Bo, Bo Bergdahl, Bergdahl movie. movie. A lot of bees right. happening. Yeah, Bo Bergdahl, Bigelow, and Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> they are going to join up and start a law firm. Right, yeah. they're going to buy Sterling Cooper Draper Price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know and that's not a law firm. Before anyone corrects me, I know that's not a law firm. Form. Just, before anyone corrects me, I know the name is. Firm not but form. here's here's my question about the movie because so you got those yeah. first forty minutes that are pretty solid uh, plot wise you know the beginning of the movie up until right. Ely dies and I think effectively upsetting I agree yes. and then you have the last forty minutes which are essentially like once Gandolfini comes into the raid right yes. right uh, where you but then there's this middle forty minutes yeah that's kind of just like shit happening and which, it's like like a lot of time is right. passing but we're not really being told how much and time. I loved it in the theater and I felt uh, I was a little bored watching it rewatching yeah because I remember being on the edge of my seat and just being like this is such an interesting process movie like I like watching and it the is gears probably work. it is probably I a better like movie in theater the I should pieces. acknowledge it's been a while and yeah once you, when you're locked in with it I guess yeah you have to pay more attention to all 
the info they're sort of dripping yeah, out. Yeah, I yes. watched it on an iPad, which is like not the best way to watch yeah, this movie. Yeah, you were jerking off, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> but it lasted pretty long. I mean, you gotta give me <laughs> two credit. hours forty. Plus, you had to give Kaufman notes. So I you did. Were just, <laughs> just three things at once. Yeah. Uh, I feel like one of the strengths of watching it in theaters is something that I was complaining about in rewatching, which is that because they put all those torture and like the explosion stuff up front, right you're like start. so focused on yeah. like, holy shit, things are going down. And then you right. have that slow piece where nothing's happening, right. but you're still, you're still kind of on the hook. You're still yeah. focused, but right. At that point, it's basically she being like, this guy's alive. And people are like, no, he isn't. Right. And she's like, I think he is. And people are like, no, he's not. You know, and like, it's sort of that for a while. Yeah. So a guy buys a Lamborghini. Like there's sort of stuff. Which I, I'm still very I'm confused about how that, like, what did they get out of that? He gives them a name or a phone number or something in exchange yeah. or like his mother does maybe like there's some like, exchange happening there because that's when jason clark goes to see the wolf who's another real cia guy who is this white cia agent who converted to islam uh upon like being stationed in the middle east years ago and he's like give me 250 grand i want to buy a lamborghini like you know and the guy's like i don't know that's a weird scene and the, it also, yeah, it can't wait until by the next Frederick morning. Played Le- Lane. Yeah, he's yeah, good. Yeah. He is a good actor. But they have to get him out of bed, the, the Lamborghini right, employee. Yeah, and yeah like, that's weird. I feel like right. it was a real show of like, this is how serious I am. I'm not even waiting. Like, let's do this now. Yeah. Lamborghini. Yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, did you ever watch Lost, Demi? Because I know you have. I haven't. did. Yeah. Well, the wolf is played by the sheriff who arrested Kate. That's oh, that guy. The guy who dies in the pilot? Yeah. Wow. Sheriff Mars. But he keeps coming back in the Kate episodes. He's always like, yeah. I'm here to arrest you. She's like, no. And we're like, you're not going to last. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, don't get yeah. on that plane. He's the real Bin Laden of that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, really, he is. Doesn't make it to the end. Um, no, but there's, <laughs> I remember like the, the her writing the number of days on that's right at the end. Window. Right. I remember that being that's like once they found throughout the, building. the whole movie right. being like, fuck yeah, yeah, she's not giving up. And that's like, that's like a montage that lasts like four minutes. It's I, just at the end. I remember this movie having this real sense of propulsion to her persistence. Right. Yeah. And then it feels like there are a lot of long stretches where she's kind of taking a back seat. And she's because, there in the background looking on intensely yeah. and, and white knuckling it. But it's just kind of watching all the gears very slowly. Yeah. And yeah, and that part of her story is formless because yeah, nothing really is happening. Right. There's that scene where they're watching Obama's interview, but yeah, it's sort of it feel, nothing. It feel it felt like in theaters you were watching this woman who was like everyone else around her was like we just gotta give up, and she was like like no, we have to do this for the country. Sure. And in this one, it feels like everyone is focused enough. And then they feel like they hit a dead end. They're like, well, we have to move on to other things. And right. she's like, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. There's that scene where she yells at Kyle Chandler, like, right. somewhat maniacally. Which is kind of great. Yeah. It's she's the, good. It's the Oscar reel scene. Yeah. It is definitely the Oscar I mean, scene, I, along with the crying at the end. Yeah. Yes. I love her in this because I think, I, I really admire the fact that she uh, doesn't try to play her like a conventional badass. Yeah. Agreed. You know? Yes. Yeah. That that she is. But there are these shots of her, man. Like there's that shot of her coming out of a tunnel where she's right. all in shadow, and then like you, and she just looks like she's not doing anything weird. Like she's not like confident or anything. Right. But there's she's no look, posturing. But, yeah. It's just her intensity, which yeah. is like yeah. very striking. But she's got this very high pitched voice. She's this very uh-huh. kind of delicate looking woman. You know, mm-hmm. she is very vulnerable, but she's just like a fucking like she's locked in on what yeah. she wants to do, which is kind of a, a great magic trick. Like it's just. If if you're that serious and focused in such serious situations, you don't have to act badass. Yeah. The context is badass. What I will say, though, is, like, as much as 
they do the badass thing. I think there was a lot of stuff near the beginning where they would show the torture and then show her in the bathroom like I can't deal with this. And I was like, I don't think I don't think that really works after you show her just watching someone being tortured. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, which makes the protest of this movie is pro-torture even weirder because you could argue the movie, in fact, failed trying too hard to disapprove of right. torture. It was trying to be like, torture's hard on everyone. And it's right. like, n- not really. No, no, no. Right. It's hard on everyone, damn it. <laughs> Both there's, on, there's yeah. two sides many to sides. this. Many, many sides. sides. Many, many sides. sides. Many, many sides. sides. Many well, sides. that's an old reference by the time this is out. But remember when no, he no, said No, no, he did that, it again. He brought it back. No, it said someone <laughs> out, went out there and said weekly. Dr. Robotnik is yeah. great he and he defended him or whatever. I don't know, whatever. He has the On Many Sides weekly show. Exactly. On Trump TV. Look, I mean, a lot of people are saying General Snoke's a good guy <laughs> a lot of people true. i know they like him they like his big hologram throne big hologram he made the biggest one yet everyone's given him a lot of compliments i'm a big fan i love his work you know what's funny is by the time this comes out people still hear that name be like we don't know anything about him yet spoiler Shh, don't talk about snoke yeah <laughs> i'm Which, sure that last jedi is all snoke right it's oh, all it's gotta be yeah ryan johnson was like i see what people liked about the force <laughs> can i throw, can i throw some last jedi spoilers out there yeah just do it uh just. the porgs kill finn yeah, that's what they do. They crawl inside his mouth and then his like blood vessels explode. It's like known. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with the red ants. Yeah. And a new Finn takes over and yeah. it's just Poe putting on a hat. And you're like, oh, like Finn's hat. Which he had. He takes the jacket back. <laughs> yeah, he just puts and we're like that. <laughs> we're like, wait, this doesn't work. That was your jacket. And he's like, Nope, I'm Finn now. <laughs> um but then the last part of the movie is yes. really good, right. uh, very compelling, very well made. Right. And I do feel like even this time when I was less into the movie, and certainly first time, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, no, I'm locked in. Right, right, right. This is just so She is one of the best living visually like, arresting. Directors. And yes. she's one of the few people who knows how to make action unsettling. And uh, James Gandolfini unsettling. Yes, certainly. That's no, true. But you know that thing of like, oh, How you does know, he sit in that cafeteria chair? Like, no. you know, it's amazing. Um, I love him. I love. Well, there's him a reason so we don't see him get up. <laughs> I'm sorry, James. We love you, James. You're the best. Uh, I really do love James Gandolfini. By the time this he's is out, he's back yeah. to life, so yeah, we have to be careful to, about. He's what president we say. now. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah. That's great. I just would love that. I mean, we opened the portal for Osama, and James just <laughs> slipped right. Out. According to IMDb trivia, James Gandolfini sent a letter to Leon Panetta before the movie came out, mm-hmm. and said, "I'm very sorry about everything. I apologize." You're like my father, so if you find something to be angry about, please let me know. I, he's like his father, wow. apparently. That's the part that concerns me. I'm like, why? Why yeah. is he like your father? Uh, and then months later, Leon Panetta told Mark Bull, I'd love Gandolfini's phone number to talk to him. And Gandolfini was like, he can't find me. He's the head of the CIA. That's the, I just read you an IMDb trivia. That's funny. That popped up on the uh, x-ray when I was watching at the beginning. There you go. Yeah. Um, I do kind of agree with what I think you're getting at, David, though, which is when I saw this, I was like, ha, huh, an American epic, one that justifies the nearly three-hour running time. It's an epic story that needs room to breathe. It's about living with her struggle for this long. Right. And I watched it this time, and I was like, you could cut an hour out in the middle. Yes, You absolutely. could cut an hour. You could do the first chunk up to right about after Jennifer Ely's death, and then sort of go like six years later, right. and it's her meeting with Gandolfini, and they're close to getting... Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, even cut two of the bombings. Ah, God, you need those bombings. Ah. 
you, you, you know, <laughs> you came to the to the table with another offer, and I'll say, yeah, let's keep the bombings. I, I, like they're like, Pickle, can we just cut two of the bombing? And she's like, I just added another bombing because you told me to cut the bombing. <laughs> I have an anyone editor. Else, anyone else have something to say? Anyone else want to add a bombing or two? <laughs> Jennifer, Who's gonna get bombed? I don't know, but it's going. You are, Jennifer. Now you are. <laughs> um, You're baking a fucking cake too. You know the weirdest thing about Gandolfini in this movie is that it's not that far from his performance in In the Loop. No, not at all. You know, he he delivers the lines with the same kind of like reedy, tough guy kind of voice. Why well, there's this thing where like Leon Panetta famously like has, he's has a, a real salty man. He's got a dirty mouth. Yes. This guy loves his. Cuss he's a words. real motherfucker. Yeah. Right. So he talks like a fucking uh, Armando like, Iannucci character. Sure, right, right, like right. He talks right. like Peter Capaldi and in the loop. And so, like, the movie's been, like, pretty straightforward in that sort of sense. You don't have a lot of funny dialogue. And then he enters, and suddenly, like, he and Chastain are both saying, like, fuck a lot. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, he, yeah, they're all like, anyway, so By the, the way, tradecraft has suggested this. And he's like, yeah, is the fucking guy there or not? Yeah. <laughs> they drop, like, three weird cameos at the same time where it's like, Mark Duplass Mark is Duplass here. Mark Duplass suddenly has Strong. a lot of exposition. Yeah, Mark yeah. Strong. And then uh, uh, fucking Gandolfini walks. And, like, the x-ray pops up at the beginning and reminded me that Gandolfini's in this movie. Mm-hmm. But the entire time, I was like, when's he popping up? Yeah. And then he pops up, and I was like, wait, they're only, like, 40 minutes left. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy. And I know that the last part of this is the raid and he's not in that. Right. So. He, he could have been though. He go. He's the battering ram. I smoked Ibrahim. <laughs> Fucking got him. I like that they say smoked. They don't say killed because I yeah. feel like that's like one of their words for not like getting too heavy. That was know? one of the things that sort of set me off about like, well, I'm maybe this was how it is, but I have to imagine if you know the president's watching, are you going to be like, let's be professional yeah yeah yeah, sure. yeah yeah fuck that door blow it up yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> i would love to hear about this like uh smoke them get them all that is the thing women and children what too. if she had just cut to obama like in the situation with a big cigar like she just done the most awful cameo possible it's just like uh photoshop the cigar out of the photo when you post this that is though like a reason why you know bigelow is probably better at depicting the banality of like successes than horror yeah. stories in yeah. a way yes I agree you know like the the argument like for right. this being good material for her and Detroit being That's bad material thing. for her is that like what's kind of interesting is her taking like we won and depicting it with like the full banality of like oh these guys are bros and they're playing yes. horseshoes and right. they're just talking about it like it's Call of Duty you're hitting exactly on the nail whereas right in Detroit she's like these cops shot a bunch of black people for no reason it's like and yes we like, all agree that's yeah, bad <laughs> Bad. That's bad. Like, she's yeah, like, okay. There's not much ambiguity to it, and you're like, yeah, okay. She's thanks. like, thank thanks you. for being with me for two and a half hours. Uh, <laughs> I was Catherine Bigelow. Well, and she's like really interested in like people just like doing their job, you know? Yeah. And so like that whole sure. section is so fascinating because the raid is so well done on a technical level. Like the use of the night vision is really good, and it's so yes. fucking well edited, and it pretty much plays out in real time. Apparently, the it actual does. raid it itself plays was at 25 only, minutes. Yes. yes. Right. It's like pretty much you're seeing the raid as it went down. Those um, helicopters are scary too. Yeah. Quiet. I don't understand. Like from a story perspective and maybe it's just something that happened in real life. She's like, it's very important. I get this down to the like the everything. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why one of the helicopters kind of crashed. It did though. In isn't real that, life. The, yes. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's, crazy. Th- uh, that's what I, I assumed it had to be that because I was like, there's no like yeah. people don't that doesn't alert them to anything. It just seems like a dramatic beat. Right, but, it, but it, we crashed one of the helicopters, which meant we had to blow it up on the way out, which was, was sort of yeah. like, it was kind of like got added to the to-do list. It's like kill Bin Laden, get all the hard drives. 
And now you have to blow up that that, yeah. that, that, that <laughs> secret helicopter, helicopter that people don't know. Yeah, about. there's like super stealthy helicopter that like makes no noises. Yeah, I, I it has I like DVDs in the seats or whatever. I couldn't. St- <laughs> They're fucking watching Joe Dirt on the way. There. <laughs> <laughs> on Joe, the way I think Joe Dirt might be in SEAL Team Six. Is Joe Dirt one of the guys? I, I, oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Spade was a weird. That was Mike film. Coulter's uh, character. Yeah, um, but just. Uh, the idea of being inside the compound and not hearing a helicopter, I, I can't right. imagine that, but also not hearing a helicopter that blows up. I'm just like, what, how, like, just how quiet are these helicopters? I was just fascinated by that. It's it, not important. They must be crazy quiet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, they heard something. Because, of course, they also blow the doors open. So, right. I mean, like, now now they're alerted in some way. But yeah. Yeah. there's not a lot of threat. I mean, like, who, so who's on the, it's Joel Edgerton, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Uh, I think Taylor Kinney, Mike Coulter is there. Frank Grillo, there? yes. Yeah. What? Uh, Nash Edgerton too. Taylor Kinney's the kind of uh, sort of like handsome one who like gives a little light to oh, yeah. uh, the girl which, to calm but, her down. Which I remember, like I didn't watch the trailer again after watching this, and I should have. But I remember seeing the trailer and having that moment in the trailer and being like, oh, okay, so we get to see some of their sympathetic moments with uh, like the the Arab people, and you're just. I realized, like, no, that was he's, a manipulation. Yeah, he, right. He's just like, you need to be quiet. It's Here, just look, on the look. job, like, yeah. getting shit done. Uh, Ferris Ferris, is that his name? Uh, I'm not sure who, who you mean. she's working with earlier in the movie. Oh, yes, Ferris Ferris. You're right. Yeah. I feel yes. like these are all people that went on to, like, have pretty big roles. Yes. In other yeah, because so, Edgar so, Ramirez pops up for, like, right. half yeah. a minute in right. that one weird scene. Like, even Grillo is, like, a big part yeah, of the right, Marvel right, right, right. Yeah, like, yes. crossbones. Right. Yeah. yeah. Don't you fuck with Frank Grillo. And, I mean, Edgerton, obviously. Like, Taylor. Yeah, all of these people. Mm-hmm. It's so weird that... Pratt's the most where you're like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. And even, that, yeah. even Duplass, it was like, this was one of the first Duplass times that someone... Duplass is had, just weird. Had used Duplass him. is the Topher Grace role here. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, like, when they announced that he was cast, because he was part of that first wave of announcements of like uh, Edgerton, Rooney Mara, sure. Duplass before the movie shut down and then was yeah. retooled. Um, it was very strange because he hadn't done anything outside of his wheelhouse. And now he's been in like more different types of movies, it's, other people's projects. It was like he was so much to say in this right. movie. Because he has to deliver all of the exposition about the house. Right, but at that point he was like just the league and his own movies and other sure. mumblecore movies. And then he gets <laughs> announced in this and it's like the first time he's in a big studio movie and it's like that's strange. And then he's sort of like in the background, like shadowing other guys, right, and you're like, "Is right. this going to be his role? Is he just going to be the assistant?" And then he's got that one scene where he like cracks the case, sure, the yeah. case of the three women, you know? Yeah, right, right. He explains all of that, right? Yeah. There were two moments in this movie that I was just like, "Oh, that feels like it should have been less expository." Which one of them was that? And one of them was when we spent this entire movie being like, "Abdul Ahmed, we have to find," or, or "Abdul Abu Ahmed, we have yeah. to yeah. find him." Uh, and then they're like, well, we can't find him. Maybe he's dead. And then someone's like, hey, he was in the files. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who is that who just shows up? Uh, fuck that actress. Yeah. Hey, she's I, another one where you're like, oh, 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 yes, 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 yes. Thank uh, you. Thank you for telling me. Yeah. <laughs> it's the lady. Yeah. I but looked I, her up and I just, forget already. It's that famous actor. It was just a moment where I was like, lady. Chastain seems very uncaring about this just off of the frustration of we should have gotten this earlier. Yeah. yeah but then right. it, it seems like this was such a big thing. Why is it so casual? Why did you get like, and I, I know with all of these Collins, things, I, yes. I have to be like, that's maybe how it happened in real life. But mm-hmm. I'm always just like, I feel like if you're making a movie, dra- dramatize it a bit. 
but still. Right. But again, right. That's her weakness and her strength, right? Where she's like, no, no, no. We're not going to put the finger on the scale. Like, yeah. she just got handed a file and someone's like, hey, I found this. Oh, how'd you find it? And I just looked. We were looking There's a lot file. of shit. Yeah, we missed it. Well, and yeah. I, I remember being so dramatically affected by like her arc in the film. Not her arc, but just sort of her emotional sort of like through line as a character. Yeah. And I was like, that's the masterstroke of this movie, that it isn't just like a docudrama about, you know, all the different facets that she chose to focus in on one woman who sort of made her life all about trying to yeah. crack this case, find this guy. Right. Um, but but then watching it again, it feels like she's just there for a lot of it. Like it has a little bit, a little of bit. She definitely also receives the, the background Day moments, you know, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, Mark Wahlberg just keeps being in the right rooms, well, even if he's Patriot's not the Day, one it's pushing. A lot sillier, right? Right, because he's yeah. an entirely fake creation. Well, who right, is and they're literally also like the mayor, the governor, and they're like, yeah. hey, uh, traffic cop guy, you know, you you were there, right? All right, you yeah. should be in this press conference, you know. Like, yeah. it's, We've reassigned like, you to the shootout at the boat. Like, he keeps on getting <laughs> yeah, right. reassigned to right yeah. where the You've been deputized happening. in the Watertown PD. Report to J.K. Simmons at once. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do find the ending very uh, effective. I agree. Yeah. I, well, one, it's, it is very well, the, the shoot, and I also, again, it's like, it's dispassionate. You, don't even totally realize they killed Bin Laden at that's first. The best, I think that's the best when part she has of it. To just look like at the body. them not realizing yeah. that they, that's him. Yeah, right. And right. then they're it's like, not, "Oh, yeah." It's not this big triumphant moment where it's like, "We got him." They were just yeah. kind of like, oh, "Oh my god!" They keep on going through the house and like yeah. doing other shit. Like, yeah, you see, no, I guess that's him. Okay, take a picture with your digital camera. And then they have her check the body, which I love because it's yeah. like that scene you see in movies all the time, in like crime movies, right? Where it's like you have to see the body of your loved one that sets you off on this like course of revenge, this death wish kind of path. But this is like, well, we caught the guy that you've been trying to catch, and she has to look at him. Like, yeah, no, that's that guy I fucking well, hate. I actually like that moment a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's though. the guy whose face is very famous around the world. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, Bin Laden. That's, that's, yeah. I was really right. sticking to my, yeah. no, but I like that scene when they're like, it's a go, they're going to go. And you, yeah. they do, the, she focuses on, she keeps the camera on Chastain as they're all yeah. leaving, where you're like, right, now this woman who did all this work about this just gets to sit at a desk and watch it happen. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, like, She's not going to be there on... You know. I want to yeah. see the sequel called Zero Dark Thirty Something. It's just her, her trying <laughs> to live out... How will she figure out a life? Exactly. It's just work. Like, she ha- she's done so much work, now she's got to be single and loving it. Is well, that- this the secret TV show you're working on? Yes. Yeah, that's what it is. Think of zero, zero Dark, dark Thirty. That's why I love Chastain. That's a great fit for Freeform. I think so. You get you get the military families that love yes, Chastain. Yes, yes. You get the kids that also that love Thirty Something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I right. Mean, you're joking about this, but what I do like about the ending is it kind of the the ending shot of this with her crying on the plane reminds me, and with especially it's a it's a bit of a layup. But when the guy goes, so where where are you going now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the ending, oh yeah, and she should be like, just take me home. Right. Right, and John Braylock goes, motherfucker, I don't know where you live or whatever. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. Braylock kills it. Yeah. Um, the uh, the end of this movie reminds me of the end of The Graduate, where it's oh, like, yeah. sure. we did it, what we now? nailed it, and right. it's like, what the fuck happens yeah. now? And she's crying not just because of all the emotions that she's like had pent up, everything she's placed on this one sort of mission trying to find this one guy. That's Dustin what her life's Hoffman, about. and now he's dead. Right, she gets yes. recruited out of, out of high school. Hoffman played Bin Laden, by the way. He did a right. great job. But don't they say that she got recruited out of high school? Yeah, she she's says like that. Because that's the scene where Panetta right. sits yeah. down with her and he's got like a pudding cup or whatever. Right. He doesn't. But All I just... great actors <laughs> eat pudding. He and had a pudding cup. 
and uh, and he's like, you've been doing this your whole life, and she's like, pretty much, or like you did everything, anything else, and she's like, just this, and he's like, how'd we get you? Recruited me out of high school, and I think he's trying to figure out like, is this person crazy and maniacally obsessed with this? And yeah. So she's just telling me what I need to hear. But that's her. Or is kind she of, for real? Like, she's and, sort and, of like and he makes the decision rifle. like right. she's for real. She's she's for real. For real yeah. But also, I mean, there's that thing where he goes, "What do you think of her?" And and Panetta's assistant goes, "Like, I think she's fucking smart." And he goes, "We're all we're smart." smart. Yeah. That's a great line great Mark Bowl really doesn't is. always write great dialogue but that's yeah. a really good line that's a great and exchange. also Gandolfini just he loves it one thing I just sorry you were gonna say something you no I just think it gets to the root of what makes that character interesting which is like this guy's at a loss and he's like I don't know she's smart and Gandolfini's like we're all smart what the fuck are you talking about but it's like but there's some weird x factor to her sure like she yes. walks into a room and she's not the most powerful person she's not the loudest person she's not the oldest person she's not the most physically she intimidating is. it's person. because she's a, the woman and they're, all, and they're all like, huh, something about her smarts yeah. what seems different, different than ours. Hmm, everyone just like kind this. of like eventually bends to her. Like even all these like superiors who are like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Eventually you're like, okay, it's a go. There's, Maya, do what you want. The, there's some like weird movie convention that I, I struggle with all the time because I feel like I like it in a sense of like it gets to a thing that I'm not like I'm supposed to not like it because it makes no sense. But just the idea of like whenever someone is doubted, people who are their entire job is to play things by the book. They take the risk and go like, all right. And they're just like, like they're like, I don't know about this, but you seem confident and I trust you for reasons I can't explain. So you go ahead. <laughs> and I, when someone is like the head of the CIA does it with something this big, I feel like I want them to have a better reason. Like I want sure. them to see the work they're going through or something and just be like, this is pretty well thought out. So you're sure about this? You did your All homework right. on this. Yeah, you made a diorama right. of his house. Very nice, by the way. <laughs> you you made up all the plans of the exact Marvel characters that we're going to get to play the soldiers. Interesting choice of Darkhawk. I didn't realize he was going to be in this one, but okay. Mike Coulter. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, but uh, it, but just but, just that sort of convention. Yes. I feel like from a like a standpoint of like as someone who likes watching movies, I'm always just like I'm. It's so fun. Show me more of that, but. Just the writing sense of it, I'm just kind of like, don't, like, make it more plausible. Sure, and they keep on going like, well, there's no way we can really confirm. Like, we got to take a flyer on this right. one. Like, their argument is always, like, pretty good chance, but we don't know. It's probably someone in there, but... Eh. Which is also, a, like, a weird tension point that they try to make that doesn't work as a world that knows that they've got him. <laughs> right, right. We're not going to know if it's Bin Laden or not until we kill him. Right. Is, like, essentially the the flyer that they're asking. Sure. I, right. But And I think that, I guess that's part of it, because, right, they didn't know. Right. And, you know, Joe Biden was like, let's not do it. This is a bad idea. Right. Uh, and Obama was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. And then he went he out <laughs> and fucking crushed his JFL audition. That was the same yeah, night true. that he gave he the order. Like, yeah, he was like, like, if I don't do this now, then I got to do it when some other stuff is happening. And I need, <laughs> yeah. I need one really good win. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I That's mean, the movie. It's weird. I wonder now watching it with some distance if the movie would hold up better or worse if it had been made before we caught Bin Laden. If she had made the original version she wanted to make with just about the frustration of not yeah. being able to find this guy. I kind of wish that she had still gone ahead and made that just because I feel like it's like if we caught the Zodiac killer in 2007 like they aren't going to rewrite Zodiac I think the, <laughs> right. the movie should be about old Gyllenhaal <laughs> I got him ah he was back he was downstairs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, no just like I feel like the more interesting thing of a movie is not basing it around an event that everyone knows and just being like here's how we got to the event it should be about like 
like I think the most interesting war movies are always ones where it's like if you didn't know about this event, here's what happened, or right. if you do know about this event, here's one slice of it that is such an important thing. You, like we can even just have we got him in the fucking like end credit card or something. Like that's not the important part of the movie. Although I think if they do focus it on Maya, then that relief of like we got him. This is the this is an end of a period of my life is important. Right. And but I right now she eats ice cream in her PJs on this couch and watches right. sitcoms. Right. But right. but the Maya character, it felt like was working on that level. Like in my mind, I was like the thing that elevates this movie is it really works as a character piece. Yeah. And she's just in the middle of this big like kind of. Historical and you, story. And you're saying you feel less that way now? Really, Osama bin Laden is a MacGuffin here. Right. That's right. I, I kind of feel less that way just because I He's feel like... He's the glowing like, suitcase of this movie. <laughs> yes. we, we as the audience are bringing less to the table in watching this movie now. You know, I feel yeah. like having lived through all of it, having it be so recent, everyone was coming into the movie already feeling a little bit of Maya in them, in one way or another. Right. Whether or not they had bloodlust, there was that little sense of like, yeah, that was frustrating. You know, and now it's just kind of like, I don't know, we fucking elected Donald Trump. Like. Yeah, I feel like we've come to it at a different uh, point of view, just like, there's a certain, like, wokeness around Muslim representation, too. So just right. watching this entire movie and being like, so five years ago, huh? <laughs> <laughs> really? Just five? Just five. Wow. Yeah, because this is, like, the kind of movie that would make people want to support the travel ban if they were dumb and they watched it the wrong way. <laughs> yes. I think at the end, when they say the forgotten country thing, I also came to this point of, like, Oh, that's real. That's really that's like the declarative like statement at the end of like a, a, a sequence of events like this. That's what it's about. Okay. Yeah. And you just have this moment where you have to be like, "This is very jingoistic, isn't it?" But it also, but I still was like, "I want. I'm still all in. I still support this woman in her right. quest. Sure. It just seems a little bit more vengeful and foolish now." But Even the, though it no, it's no, you're right. I, I mean, guess yeah, the question I think you're for right. me is like, I wonder if five years from now this movie will play even differently than it does now. Well, five years from now, it's going to be good again. Right? Yeah, that's the incredible. thing. That's, that's It'll be A plus Dark Thirty right. again. Right. right? Yeah. Zero I wonder dark if this movie is this kind of mood ring for where we are politically, like how we be. feel about ourselves. Yeah, this is the wrong time to be watching Zero Dark Thirty. I'm sorry that we did it. No, no, I'm happy we Detroit, a movie. It's the right time to watch. No better time for Detroit. And this is the thing. I'm. We're probably going to record that episode a while from now correct maybe a little while from now you know i i can't imagine a scenario in which when you guys release this it's just going to be the week that something terrible happened and then it's going to be like come listen to us talk about detroit and zero dark 30 yeah people are gonna be like no (laughs) i no thanks no yeah hey hey, that's why we needed an all-star guest like you yeah Yeah. people be like the guy who did gilmore girls yeah that's the mood i'm in i think there's a lot of overlap between gilmore girls fans and zero dark 30 fans they call themselves gilly suits (laughs) can we play the box office game so we play this game where i try to guess the box office the week the movie came out because i'm a freak i have a computer brain and I memorize box office it. stats. This is part of the uh, the the hacker look that you have. Yes, that right. You, a homeless uh, computer hacker who only knows box office. So you got grift. Now yeah. I have yeah. two <laughs> things I want to point out. Okay. One, this movie made $95 million domestic Her on a $40 hit. million dollar budget. Far and away, uh, big, big, big hit. hit. Uh, 132 worldwide. So wasn't a big player internationally. Sure. Shocker. Yeah. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, uh, came out December 19th, 2012. And this was kind of the year where Annapurna really like rose up and they crested this year. The cherry on top was like in a genuine box office success. Yeah. But do you want me to do the limited release or do you want me to do the week it went wide? I want to do the 
wide week, and then maybe you can fill me in on the limited. But the wide, wide week wide was week. in January, right? January 11th, 2013. Now, can I throw out a stat that I remember from the week after this? Oh, gee. okay. I He's really so, showing I up. think Zero Dark Thirty is number one for two weeks in a row in limited release, but then after that— No, it, no, no. It was never number one in limited release. I'm saying—I'm saying, sorry. Once it goes wide, I think it was number nope. one for—okay. Just one week. It was then usurped by— Mama, Mama, Chastain, chest. Oh, you're right. Holy shit! And now that guy's made it. Yes, about the clown. Which at the time, mean old clown. Mean old clown. At the time that we're recording this episode today, right? I'm dead because I saw it and it spooked me too much. (laughs) Spooky. Demi's like "Ah." today. (laughs) Even that they just said the tile crawl. Real loud. Like "Ah, my heart. But you were saying at the time. Uh, right now, I realize I've been saying it's the beginning of September. It's actually the end of August, but who gives a shit? Uh, today, or, or in the last couple of days, yeah. Collider posted an article about like, uh, well, if they make the It sequel where the kids grow up, fan casting, who should play the kids? You got fan cast as one of them nerds. Are they you, wanted you. Are you playing an older Finn Wolfhard? Or? I'm not. I forget which kid it is. It's like uh, it's the one of those things where I was like, the yeah. they would show now. the picture of the little nerdy kid and I'd be like, oh, they pick Griffin for this one. And then I keep, <laughs> no, because they all kind of are little I nerdy kids. I look like all of them now. The <laughs> yeah. problem is I don't look like I've aged enough past any of those well, kids. Well, also they had you with like Christian Bale and Chris Pratt. Yeah, it was weird. Were you were the, the one where they were like, huh, curveball. You know, right, like, because right. they picked like the most obvious actors. They sound like a weird choice. We need a horny Rob. In it. <laughs> Let's save him from the fate of Michael Zorick. Yeah. So this movie. Okay, yes. Opens January. goes wide January mm-hmm. 11th. Uh, so it jumps 806% from number 16 to number one. Right. Wow. Uh, having added like 2,800 theaters. Number two. It does like 20. And being just before the inauguration. Uh, that's like just before yeah. and right before the nomination so everyone was like oh man it's gonna fucking sweep with that kind of box yeah. of success sure it was actually a surprise hit right, right. yeah I mean like to some because people are like ah does anyone want to see this you know yeah Um, number two is a, a, a com- it's a comedy Uh, it's a spoof film it's a spoof date and movie. a goof or it's just a, a spoof it's definitely a spoof and the goof it's in the date movie wheelhouse oh no uh, but it's by I would say one of the sort of bedrock Oh, exactly actors. Let me ask this. you a question: Did we ever laugh for two consecutive minutes looking at the poster for this movie? <laughs> I think we might. Did have. you, Bobby Finger, and I once laugh for two consecutive minutes <gasps> looking at the poster for this movie? I don't remember. Is you... it a haunted house? Yes. Yes. Oh the answer then is yes. <laughs> Wait. What, why now did I you laugh? Why were we laughing for so long? I, I have want to look see it up. this poster. It's a specific That's why me one. and Bobby Finger find... just went through like every poster of we that year. We went through year. all the posters of that year. Yeah. Because uh, it was it was like a website that was voting on the best poster of the year. Yeah, it was like Imp Awards or whatever. And yeah. we got to that one and we laughed for two straight <laughs> minutes. Is it the Why? one where he has a boner? It's not. I will find it. Which one is I it? I will find this the poster is, okay. and I will describe it and I'll we'll get your reaction on Are my- Are you sure? Here's my question. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't a Haunted House 2? When did Haunted House 2 come out? Probably more around when we were doing this, 2014. Like, are you sure? <laughs> You're right. It is a haunted house too because I found the poster and I started laughing. <laughs> and there's no poster for haunted house one that got that reaction oh, out of me. Boy. Okay, let me- okay, I'm very curious. Wait, no, a haunted house is the. <laughs> Please show me what. Please show me. Okay, I'm gonna show it to Ben Wait, first. The- I, I want to build up suspense. <laughs> yes, I think I remember. 
That's good. Is it the uh, is it the Conjuring spoof? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It's just it's Marlon Wayne's in a tire swing, looking really happy. <laughs> That got you. Oh my yeah. god! Did you go see a haunted house too? I did not. That? I did not. Oh I heard god. it wasn't as good as the poster. <laughs> I mean, what movie how, is? How could it be? How could it ever be? Uh, it was a haunted house one, though. So that haunted house two comes out only a year later. So he, yeah, they he was it. churning them. They rushed it, and then haunted house two didn't do as well. Uh, but Haunted House 1 opened to $18 million. Very healthy. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure its budget was two and a half. So, yeah. you know, there you go. Yeah. Uh, number three is uh, a, a movie that was supposed to be like a prestige movie, also opening this week, that got pushed. <laughs> like, I just pushed my phone. Okay. Like, w- into January after uh, it, 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 like it timed with the news in a really bad way. Like, it, it lined up with a horrifying news event. 12. What happened? It was really weird that you would, you would never think this movie would line up with a horrifying but news event. But it was event. meant to be like an Oscar thing? It was kind of originally intended. It's also like, it's like a crime movie. So, like, it was also supposed to be just a big thing. But, wow. like, they thought it was going to be an Oscar play. It had an all-star cast. Max Payne. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I knew it. As soon as you said it lined up with yeah. a bad thing, I was like, I yeah. remember. Because yeah. Max Payne. That armed robbery game. of a GameStop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's got an all-star cast. Remember in the game, have you played the game when you walk across the line of blood? Yeah. Forever, and it's really annoying? I don't remember the line of blood thing, but I just yeah. remember, like, it slowed down at times. I'd be like, well, this seems like an unnecessary mechanic. It slows down when you take painkillers. Yeah. That's Max Payne's super cool. Yeah. Really okay, cool guy. All-star cast, big director? Uh, no. <laughs> no don't. one did. Yeah. Uh, kind of a big, no, up-and-coming up director. Up-and-coming director. He had a hit. Had it has a- the stupidest title you ever did hear. Boy, and it got no nominations. It's no, totally no, no, no there. nominations for this one. No, 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 thank you. But it was also pushed because it had this uncom- scene that uncomfortably mimicked something that had just happened. Oh, oh, he knows what it oh, is. Oh, oh, right. The weirdest push of all time. The movie is Gangster Squad. That's right, Gangster oh, Squad. Yes, I remember now. And they had that scene in the trailer where they. Break through the movie screen, Ugh. shooting Tommy guns, and that trailer played before The Dark Knight. Jesus. After there was the shooting, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, forget it." That's Sorry, thing, that was the only thing keeping Gangster Squad from such success. <laughs> gangster Squad. What if there was a squad of gangsters? Now hold on, I've seen the gangster before. <laughs> you, you, there's Goodfellas, but you mean like two, <laughs> two or more? Oh, okay, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Uh, could Ryan Baby Goose Gosling be one of the gangsters? Please. Okay. Gangster Squad was kind of the original Suicide Squad, was it not? <laughs> it You're was. Right. We're, it, well, they weren't twisted. That's the difference. No. Well, Sean Penn was pretty twisted. <laughs> he really is. Yeah. Twisted. Um, Emma Stone's in that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Giovanni Ribisi, Anthony Mackie. It's got a hot cast. It's one of my favorite character posters because you know I love when movies are overzealous with character Gully posters McGrath. and give them to characters that don't deserve them. The Gangster Squad ones, it's like, Josh Brolin with a Tommy gun. Yeah. Like fucking Sean Penn, like boxing somebody. And Ryan then there's a Giovanni yeah. Ribisi one where he's just got headphones on and he's like listening. <laughs> I've, I've got it for <laughs> like, you right yeah. here. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just and listening. Anthony to- Mackie made it to the background yeah. of this yeah. one. They're tapping someone's phone The thing call is, the style, <laughs> the look of this movie is so good, but I, the movie is so bad. I feel like this yeah. is the po- point in which I was just like, no, I don't think I can like Ruben no. Fleischer movies. I don't think I support. Like I even with Zombieland, I was like, am I the only one that I thought was on the fence about this? But 
Yeah, that movie's. Fine. You got two character pastors. <laughs> oh, that one's just oh. like looking at film. This is great. What is his role in. The- is it just this? He works in an office. He's the archivist. Hey, guys, got some uh, Gangster Squad news for you. Robert Patrick got his own. He looks like he's eating the cigar. <laughs> he looks like he, he, they caught him mid swallowing the cigar and they were like, don't take the photo yet. Is there a Nolte one? You bet your ass there is. Is oh he the commissioner? That looks like Josh yeah. Brolin in makeup. Hey, uh, Nick Nolte. Can he we... actually was. That actually is what Josh Brolin is. Nick Nolte, can we get you doing like a fun kind of pose? Because we got like Giovanni <laughs> looking at the film. No, you're going to get me looking straight ahead at the camera. This is all you get. Okay, can we get a smile or something? You got two seconds. Snap away. Can we get the, the photo of... I love of, your Nolte. Thank you. Can we get the photo of Ryan Gosling on a tire swing outside of the police station? <laughs> That's Gangster Squad 2. Right. My That's bad. Gangster Squad 2. Oh, boy. Which also got pushed because it hey, timed Payne is in this one, with, too. Wow. A lot a of people. Cast. This is a David yeah. Ayer movie? Gangster Squad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, and is that number four or number five? That was number three, my friend. Oh, Number oh, okay. four is... Uh, well, it's a part of another list I want to go through with you, which is Box Office Mojo's list, Controversy, which Zero Dark Thirty is number 11 in. Can't wait to take you through that list. The Box Office Mojo has a helpful description, one word, of every movie's controversy. What the controversy is? Okay. Anyway, so this was a controversial movie of the year, of 2012. It was nominated for Best Picture. It won two Oscars. For uh, screenwriting. and You got one of them. Uh, art Direction. Nope. So it wasn't Argo. Sound. Nope. Editing. Nope. Wait. Think, think, think bigger. No, oh. I'm not talking about Zero Dark Thirty. I'm talking about this movie that we're, we play. have not named. One screenplay. And it won an acting award? And won an acting award. Wait a minute. Hang on a second. I'm, I'm in the wrong year because I was just like, oh, it was the oh, social network. Oh, no, oh. no, that's, that's oh, a couple years earlier. Best Supporting Actor. Correct. It is Django Unchained. Yep. Oh. A Quentin Tarantino uh, picture. picture. Yeah. yeah. Three, okay. Two realer. Which has made $125 million in three weeks. That's a huge hit. hit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then number five is a musical. Les Mis? Yeah. Les Mis. Dream. Yeah. yeah, they all it's did. All of those, I'm just like, I can't believe there were multiple companies like, this is our Christmas movie this yeah. year. This is the family. The family's either coming out to see Django or Zero Dark Thirty. Christmas or was really fucking rough that year. Like even the musical Christmas. was like the musical about like yeah, <laughs> the saddest musical. Yeah, yeah revolution and prostitutes dying. Right. And, yeah. Right. God. Right. Being you gotta penalized watch Russell for Crow sing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That. Oh, Russell Crowe just being tortured on screen. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> and I, he, he looks like in so much pain when he's singing. Six, Probably four, was. Three, two, one. Uh, it's two, four, six, oh, one. Oh, fuck. Damn. Sorry. Uh, the Hobbit. I know one thing about Les Mis and that's it. <laughs> oh, was The Hobbit this year too? Hobbit uh, 1, An Unexpected Journey, yeah. is hanging out. Lincoln's hanging out. Uh, parental Guidance, what's that? Uh, that was Billy Crystal and Bette Midler. Oh, oh I was oh, thinking it was Admission with Paul Rudd and Tina Fey. <laughs> no. Oh, that comes, that's right around there. That comes right around it's there. It's a weird movie. Uh, parental Guidance was like Billy Crystal hadn't done a movie in like eight years and was like, I wrote a screenplay about me taking care of my great grandkids. And he had like, when he would show up at like the Oscars and stuff, he was like now clearly like gray hair, salt and pepper beard, was like looking older. And then this movie comes out where he plays a grandpa Dyed his hair jet black, yep. new facelift, shaved the beard, looks 20 years younger in an artificial way. And it's like, dude, you wrote a grandpa movie for yourself? You wouldn't let yourself look like a fucking grandpa? Um, my favorite thing is that number nine of the box office is Texas Chainsaw 3D, which I don't remember. Oh, I remember. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Saw, I guess. 
comes. Yeah, the sock comes yeah, off the screen. Yeah, yeah, I assume. Uh, yeah. It you was feel the leather, the leather. On, <laughs> on your face. <laughs> it was number one the week before. It yeah. dropped to number nine. Dropped seventy five percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it also happened just after that unfortunate chainsawing massacre. It's, it's true. Where the chainsaw yeah. came out of the screen. Yeah. It was. It was yeah. a giant chainsaw. That was rough. That was rough. Uh, but they uh, didn't push it back. I did. Let me take you through the most controversial movies ever made, according okay. to Box Office Mojo. Number one, by success. Sure. Number one, Passion of the Christ, yeah. brackets, anti-Semitism. Okay. Mm. Number two, The Da Vinci Code, brackets, anti-Christian? Is this mm, really an issue? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the controversy being, is bad. <laughs> yeah, right. That was with, they got over the controversy of the yeah. first one. They're like, all right, but watch it. And then they did two more and it's like, well, these aren't, these are offensive in a different way. <laughs> Just muddled storytelling. Number three, the day after tomorrow. Brackets, global warming. I guess so. Yeah, they're like, don't make up movies. things. And like, oh, we didn't. Oh. Number four, Django Unchained. Brackets, and really, thanks for this box office mojo. N word. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that's what they wrote. Ooh. Now they wrote N word to be to be clear. Ooh. Ah. Oh God. Uh, number five, True Lies, anti Arab. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then Angels and Demons, also anti-Christian, apparently. That's I feel like we didn't care by that point. Oh, they had already yeah. done it. I, we're getting to the best one. Number seven, Fahrenheit 9/11, anti-Bush. Sure. Number eight, Basic Instinct. Anti-Bush. Brackets. <laughs> you you Bro-Bush. that one. To I me. did. I did. I alleyooped you. Uh, no, you're brackets. right. You're right. Good, nice pass. It should have been pro-Bush instead <laughs> of anti-Bush. If I was a writer for the Good Place, I would have come up with that. <laughs> Brackets, vagina flash, and brackets. vagina flash. That's how they describe. That's what they. That's my favorite Rolling Stone song. Uh, also, that wasn't the controversy. Wasn't the controversy for that movie that everyone thought it was anti-gay? I died. Was it? I don't know. Really? That wasn't it's the a controversy at the time. Hmm. It's a it's an, it's a barrel among. I don't uh, think anyone you know, was protesting the vagina worm. In that Here's movie. what I'll yeah. say: I've never seen Basic Instinct, and pretty much my entire knowledge of it besides the character of Sharon Stone is there's vagina a vagina flash. flash. Yes. 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 Right. Is yes. brackets vagina flash. Yeah. Right. It's a gas, gas, gas. Uh, and uh, they've also there's some weird ones. Uh, Brokeback Mountain, Gay Cowboys, Barbershop, Anti-Black Leaders because they like make fun of Rosa Parks. I, I don't know if that counts. No, that's not. Barbershop is, is yeah. Come on. I feel like when you're typing this and you have to say is Barbershop Anti-Black, maybe just go like I'm probably wrong. Yeah. Uh, Garfield the movie anti Odie. Like, <laughs> number true. 25 is Powder brackets child molester director. Yeah, yeah right. These I are mean, very like, yeah. these are there are levels here They're that we have to acknowledge. With I want the them, idea of controversy. I want them to reorder this in terms of like controversy. <laughs> no, no, controversy. Yeah, it's like well, Powder's two now, <laughs> and number one is the other movies by Victor Salva, <laughs> right. including the entire Jeepers Creepers trilogy. Uh, and then number forty one, number forty two, sorry, is the Brown Bunny brackets oral sex climax. Who yeah. wrote this list? I want to interview him, yeah, and, and just let's figure out what's happening. The in guy his who life. pitched all of these ideas, just like I'm going to keep tabs, but I want them official. All right. Anyway, I'm done. Sorry, okay. that was an extra long box office game. Yeah. Uh, well, this has been an episode on Zero Dark Thirty. The Zero titular. Dark Thirty. Oh no, no, because we didn't go with that. Uh, no, it's not the titular. Right, it's not. Speaking of which. I, I I remember thinking I don't get it around the time this the movie came out, but I've forgotten. What does Zero Dark Thirty even mean? It literally just means it's like army slang for like half past midnight, but it really just means like that like the worst time. Like, like late, okay. in late the at dark night. at night. Dark yeah. At it's night. like yeah. when's this mission? Zero dark thirty. Like it's not like some official military term that's it's kinda like, like a midnight raid thing. I yeah. always think of the Megan Amram tweet. 
What was your twin? You know, I, I like my men like I like my zero, dark and 30. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great tweet. That's a great tweet. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed talking about this movie that I only kind of enjoyed. I'm very glad that you were here to talk yeah. about this movie. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I'm very glad to have you on the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a great time with that one. You still haven't seen it, you said? <sighs> I still haven't seen it. As as of this recording, I still have not seen it. I probably will see it in the next couple days. Are you going to go see it in the theater? Yeah, it's going yeah. to be gone soon. It's yes. going to Valerian itself right out of the theaters. Yeah, I wanted to see Valerian, and then it's as soon the as... As soon as it stopped playing in 3D, I was like, oh, maybe I'll miss this yeah, one. Yeah, you got to see it in 3D. Yeah. It is excellent in 3D. That is true. Yeah. I have issues with that movie, but it is... I have an issue with that movie, too, which is how much no, I loved it. No one I've heard... It was, everyone's like, don't go see it. It's bad. And I was like, mm, sorry, I'm going to go see it. Yeah, I'm I the one. My, the second I saw the trailer with Gangster's Paradise in it, I was like, this movie could be a 0% <laughs> and I'm in it. So I'll be paying 14 bucks for that on iTunes. Well, I'm going to own it on Blu-ray the first second they let me. So <laughs> come over to my house anytime. You're going to be camped out of Best Buy. And they're like, no one does this yeah, anymore. fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll send it to you. Have you checked? Like, do you have the most positive review on Metacritic for that movie? I don't know. I might. I mean, I, I unabashedly, it will be in my top 10 of the year. You wow. gave it like what? Like a 96? Uh, sure. I mean, Atlantic doesn't uh, rate out of 100. But for this, you did. <laughs> You're like... Forget the letter system. We're numbers now. Yeah, exactly. 9.9, baby. Yeah. 9.9, baby. No, I really do love that movie. Uh, I like some of it. Uh, We'll talk about it someday. (laughs) When you do the films of Lupuson. Damn right we will. Yes. Uh, Except we're not going to do all those weird French cartoons he made. Arthur and the Minimoys? We're not going to do all three of those? (laughs) The Minimoys trilogy? Yeah, he made three, and we're not going to do them. That's weird. You don't want to hemorrhage listeners? (laughs) (laughs) I really really just want to, like like Debbie was saying, just no everyone's everyone's reaction universally. Nope. Um, Well, Demi, uh, anything you want to plug? People should uh, watch the show that you can't talk about working on. Yeah, just watch every show on Freeform that comes out next year. And um, watch The Good Place if you haven't already. It's on Netflix. And by the time this is out, season two is on, which I didn't write on, but still I don't know about. So I presume it can only be better because I have a surprise for me now. But um, yeah, and check out Gilmore Guys if you like Gilmore Girls and have 400 hours to spare. <laughs> and, and Good Places on uh, Netflix now. It's streaming yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so much it's easier to watch. Binge it's, got, it's the best show. And like, it's the, it's the it was I really a delight really to work on. If, yeah. if I can fan out to you for a second mm. with a question I have to ask. Of course. Uh, been a big follower of your work for years. Thank you. Lo- love everything you do. Uh, you were the one person who was single-handedly justifying... Uh, keeping Vine going for me. It was <laughs> and then like, I stopped and they're like, okay, shut it down. But I would still like check every six months to be like, has he done a couple in the last couple of months? Do you have those saved anywhere? Or are your Vines lost to the same time? I do have them saved. Some, orig- initially, I was just going to let them go, but sure. like people kept messaging me being like, hey, I hope you save those. And I was like, okay. So I have so them good. on a computer. But. So, good. So, so you're working on the Criterion set. Please, can right, there be, yes. or at least... At Wes least, Anderson and I are doing a double pack. It's a 4K restoration. <laughs> Of me just doing Oscar vines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that, I, that was my favorite when you would do the Oscar the song Oscar, nominees. The, the whole Oscar uh, stories that would, I, I really love those. Thank you. That was, those yeah, are always fun, fan. which is why I started doing the Will Smith thing when Vine died. But yeah. Yeah. So, so the Will Smith thing's been Will really Smith good. Will Smith thing's amazing. But so you used to have to. Uh, oh man, what if Will Smith did a Zero Dark Thirty song? Now I'm thinking about uh-huh. that. Woo! Uh. <laughs> For those Oscar ones, you had to create videos with graphics. Yeah. 
then transfer those videos onto your TV and then film the TV as if it was being broadcast live. Right? Yes. That was the beauty of it is you put so much fucking work into your vines knowing that there was no room for post-production. It was like the amount of pre-production Demi does on all these seven-second videos is insane. I, I feel like in some ways, like to me, that always added to it because it's like if I just put the video up, then that's fine. But right. just the level of like faking it to the point where it's like obviously it's fake but I still I think there's an added layer of joke to why did you do that much work <laughs> right, that I always think is funny this took a weekend too. yes yeah. no that that was the ultimate show and and now and now you have the final laugh yeah. no I don't because you killed Vine <laughs> that's right uh, you drove a stake into a tart yes and then you came on to Blank Check with Griffin and David that's right and we talked about Zero Dark Thirty we did thank you uh, uh, so much thank you so for much for having here. me David's just sort of holding his arms out like, hey, right. come on. And please eulogize me in November when this is out and I've died from it. We will. Oh, God. Yeah. It, it was a good way to go. I'll yeah. eulogize you when I'm in it too. <laughs> I'll eulogize you in character. Just all you have to do is just mention Will Smith once and I'll, from heaven, I'll, yeah. well, from hell, down with the Osama and Gandolfini. Right. I'll be like, that's my. Right. It too, which will have a cast of the grown up losers who are all definitely the same age. It'll be me, Christian Bale, mm-hmm. Kirk Next Douglas. <laughs> We both were rushing to try to get to God damn it. <laughs> the thing is, I was about to be like, Chloe Grace Moretz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That was the next way to go, was that yeah. I was going to do an old guy and then a young teenage girl. And then also Finn Wolfhard as an older <laughs> version of one of the other characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he plays the girl. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. Yeah. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Go to blankies.reddit.com for some real nerdy shit. Thanks to Andrew Gudo for our social media. Thanks to Pat Reynolds and Joe Bowen for our artwork. Lane Montgomery for our theme song. And as always, I forgot to introduce Ben. <laughs> shit, we did. Are you mad, Ben? I'm fine. <laughs> okay, here. Right. Done it. Fucking We've done it so many goddamn times. 20, 30 goddamn times. And in one times. of the other intros. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, I'll yeah, do that. Edit that yeah. out. Crop it I'll in now. Remember to do this, Ben, in a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real Bill and Ted moment. <laughs>